All right. Hey, everybody. Welcome to episode four of the Enlightened Neanderthals podcast. What the hell was this one about? Uh, you were mad at gun laws. Uh, Jordan doesn't want to adapt to new world living. And I say the word technology way too many times. <laughs> Fucking A. I hope you guys enjoy this. Yeah, we'll just start it then. Because I honestly, I had a rant that I was thinking of in the truck on the way up here because... For you guys listening, in Washington State, House Bill 1240, I think, has gone to the Senate, and it is a ban on all semi-automatic weapons. First of all, they defined any semi-automatic firearm as an assault weapon, and even like a 22 rifle, right? Yeah, well, my, And they my, will all be banned. Ruger 1022 is under attack, right? sons of bitches. What about like a pistol? Or it has to be a rifle Any, Anything semi-automatic. Well, rifle so or any pistol. Glock, then. Yes. The, the pistol thing, it has to have a, a shroud around it. I forget exactly what the wording was. But oh, so you'll, you'll still be able to buy a 9mm pistol? Yes. Oh, okay. Yes. Um, but, I mean, that's next, right? Yeah. It's oh, just yeah. a death by a thousand cuts. Yep. Yep. You know? So it, they're not illegal to own if you already own one, but you will not be able to buy one probably by the end of this week because it has what's called, like, emergency order status. So as soon as the governor signs it, it's going to take effect like that moment, um, which is fucking bullshit because it's, it's under the guise of public safety, which anybody who walks around any of our cities knows our elected officials don't give two fucks about public safety. Like it, everything is littered with drug paraphernalia. There's violent crime all over. I mean, uh, you know, spoiler alert, drug addiction comes with violent crime and there, there has to be, obviously there's some sort of, uh, distribution network getting all this heroin and fentanyl into the the puget sound area so for these guys to to do this under the guise of public safety i don't know how more people don't see i mean am i the only one that sees the hypocrisy that that our our governor and the attorney general bob ferguson and jay Inslee, they don't give a shit about public safety this is clearly an agenda driven thing um i don't know and, and it makes me fucking mad yeah i mean it seems like it goes after assault rifles more but if you want to keep going down that public safety guys like aren't handguns what when people are shot that's normally what they're shot with yeah that'd be like people are getting shot with handguns in the club and you're like i'm gonna eliminate semi-bolt action well rifles. it's all virtue signal yeah, right? yeah, 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 that's yeah. All it is. And, and these are the same people that open the prisons during like ostensibly to keep uh COVID down. Felons, you know, safe from COVID in prison, <laughs> let a bunch of felons out. And then even now, I mean, again, you can commit violent crime in Seattle. You're going to, you might get arrested and booked into jail, but then you're kicked free 24 hours later. And it's one of the reasons all the police officers are sort of uh, becoming disenfranchised and fed up and they're, they're retiring in mass numbers. There was just an article. Uh, it's like a national security advisory that, uh, police, uh, police departments across the nation are struggling hard to, uh, both in recruiting and just retaining their officers because they're quitting, yeah. they're walking away. And I can't blame, I, I don't blame them I at all. Yeah. Who the fuck would want to be a police officer right I, now? I just met a, um, a retired police officer. He was a police officer for 17 years in Seattle. Um, I, he, he's working the gun counter now at uh, the farm store. Is that right? Yeah, he was just like, I was, I was sick of it. Had he enough. Was like, four, I think four years ago, he was just like, I, you know, this is getting to be too much. And then, you know, in the last couple of years, obviously, that would have fucking put him through the roof. But he was saying, yeah, that my buddies that I talk to, head down, head yeah. down. Just yeah. I'm going to get through my day. I clock in. I put my head down, walk around, do my thing, you know, on the beat or whatever the hell that is and clock out. 
Yeah. He was like, there's there's nothing they do. He was like, and that's just what's truly happening in Seattle. And it's like, geez. Yeah, and why? why? Why should they put themselves in a risky situation when law and order is not actually enforced? And I think I've said it before. Like, I want to live in a society of law and order. But so much of this shit is pointing to the fact that it's all corrupt. It's all about personal agendas. And honestly, I, I mean, I, who knows? Maybe it is a, like a World Economic Forum globalist agenda that's being pushed down through the Democratic Party. I don't really know. We probably never actually know, but it sure feels that way. And I'm at a point now where I no longer recognize the authority of the state. Like, the, you know what I mean? Like, if, as far as I'm concerned, if, a, if someone walks up to me and says, that's illegal by state law, what, my answer is, I don't give a fuck. Yeah. Because the state no longer has authority over me. They've showed their ass, and I no longer... I no longer uh, recognize their authority. And I'm now guided completely by my own morality. Yeah. Which is, which is a, a good way to do it. I mean, realistically, I mean, you're not a bad person. You're not yeah, going to do I, I mean, I am immoral a, things. I'm not backing down off of that. And so, like, there's potential conflict in the future where they're going to say, hey, you violated this law or you're doing, you know, you're, you're teaching firearms training out in the woods there in Granite Falls and, and we're not going to stand for that. So then at that point, it becomes... You know, the the sheriff's deputies, the state patrollers, the police officers, the FBI, whoever, they've got to kind of decide. If they took better training. Well, it's it's a matter of numbers. Like, you, you can't hold off against, you know, a superior number of people. And, and I'm fine with that. Like, I'm very comfortable with my mortality. And like I said, I'm not backing down off. This is a hill I'll die on. But you, my fight is not with a police officer or a sheriff's deputy. They live in our communities. They're yeah. unhappy about what's happening. So why pit the two of us against each other? And it's kind of comes down to it's going to be their decision. Do they, when their master says, go out there and get this guy, do you say, yes, sir, boss, we'll go violate his rights to maintain our uh, health insurance card. This, this is how I pay my bills, so I guess I got to go do this. But what you got to understand is I'm going to fight like a tiger who's backed into a corner. So you're not coming out of it unscathed. You got to look around that team room and think, huh, yeah, we'll get him. Yeah. But – uh Shit, man. Who's not going home? A couple of us might not make it back. The saddest thing for me in that is, like, you said you want to live in law and order. And it, it, it when you say that, like, uh, the state has no validity and it's like you just don't care, it's like the saddest part of that is that you've lost faith in the group around you. No, no, no. Like I'm, that, the, the group around me is strong as fuck. That's actually why I feel good saying this is we, we could do a better no, job. No, 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 no. I mean, like, because I, I, but. I'm always on the side of things could always be better. We people could be this altruistic, amazing thing. And that when greed or corruption takes over, like if you had a parent that was a severe alcoholic or drug addict, right? And they're telling you the rules of the house, but they're so fucked up in their rules, you know, in your heart or just practical common sense, what they're saying is not right whether it's domestic abuse, whether they're emotionally battering you. And it's like, at that point, that sucks for that child because they know that their parents are wrong and they're better. They've lost faith in the institution. This family cohesive bond that could be better, a child and its parent, a citizen and its government. 
It's like our government's here to help us. That's what the point of the government is. And it's sad when you see citizens like you lose faith in the government, just like a lot of us have. Yeah, I mean, what is the point of these? If you're trying to protect us, what is the point of what you're doing? And so now you have citizens that feel disenfranchised or upset about the way they're being represented or led. And it's just... Bad emotions and feeling breed more bad emotions and feeling. Yeah, at this point, it's it's become oppositional. It's it's like the primary function of the government is to provide a framework in which the citizens can succeed. That's that's their role. Their their primary consideration every single day when they go to work should be how do I set up the people in my community for success? To be better, yeah, yes. to make life it, easier. It isn't going that way anymore. It is now how do I enrich myself and how do I increase my control of the population? Mm-hmm. And that is so fucking broken. Um, you know, starting Training Northwest a year ago and trying to get a small business off the ground has really highlighted highlighted how you know how much you have you you literally have to fight at every step of the way it's it's this yeah. permit that you can't get or this 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 insurance requirement and it's forms and it's you know hours and hours of sifting through red tape and trying to find the right form and did i get it filled out right and right now i'm like i'm afraid that some little you know box didn't get checked and now i'm going to have to get an you know what i mean it's it's just this con- like i shouldn't be having uh anxiety over administrative shit because I'm like, oh, crap, if, if I did this wrong, they'll send me a fine for this. And, and you know, yada, yada, yada. The, the reality is I should feel like I'm running a business within a framework that supports me. That's, that's what the government should be doing. Is they should be supporting small businesses so that rather than think to yourself, oh, this is just too much. I should just fucking shut it down and I could just spend my weekends out in the woods with my close friends. Mm-hmm. Um, what, what you want is a framework that makes you feel like, oh, yes, there's there's help here. There's, this is a, this is a system that has been set up for me to succeed. And that's leadership 101 coming straight out of fucking ranger school in the 75th ranger regiment is if your, if your team fails, it's because you as the team leader failed them. Not, not because they're weak and they didn't do their job, but because you didn't set them up for success. You didn't properly train them. You didn't condition them. So our state and federal government are not setting us up for success. And I think it's by intention so that they can maintain their, sort of their monopoly of, you know, all the, the like big box stores because, and totally going on a rant here, but if you look at like the COVID lockdowns, they shut down small businesses, mom and pop businesses, which transferred all the wealth, all the business to the big box stores. I went into Home Depot and the fucking Christmas light section was open. So were, was, was the inflatable Will Ferrell elf doll essential? Why, why did a cafe have to shut down? Some if you can, yes. <laughs> <laughs> All right, rant over. No, it's it's a valid point. I mean, we've seen this in history where it's been like, all right, uh, the government's here to work for the people, and then at a certain point, it seems like, oh, the government thinks the people are here to work for us. That's where we are, right you now. know. And it, I wonder why it happens. Why it's happened throughout history is part of it. When you establish laws, it's hard not to revoke laws. It's really easy to get a bill passed, but to get something resigned or absolved, it's tough. So then it's like, okay, so maybe you 
made like currently in Seattle, they're proposing a bill for homelessness and the budget for it is out of control. So if we fix homelessness, you know, this is kind of conspiracy. If we fix the problem, then where's the incentive for us to keep our job if we no longer have a homeless situation? There's, so there's journalists build- in Seattle who are calling it the homeless industrial complex. And I might be saying the wrong, I'm going to credit it to Jonathan Cho. And if that's the wrong person, I'm sorry. But he's, he's one of the like independent journalists who's bringing, who's kind of highlighting a lot of shit that, uh, the uh, Seattle City Council doesn't want talked about, um, and yeah, I, I think the budget in the city of Seattle for to combat homelessness is like two hundred fifty million dollars a year, and yet somehow homelessness gets worse every year. So, yet, Mike, you're exactly right. Where is that money going? Yeah, well, that's. Hang on, I'm having headphone issues here. Oh, I'm taking sorry, those off. and I keep uh, cutting yeah. you off, but I'm all fiery hot with hotness here. No, but that's that's the idea of like, what is bureaucracy? It's the clogging up of the systems and having too many things that something can operate efficiently. I mean, think of it. It was a let's take a human body, right? And now you're putting all these interferences inside the body. You're putting too much drugs and alcohol. You're putting too much bad food. You're putting too much emotional abuse and it's interfering with how this thing's supposed to work. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. It, the, the whole thing for me is just when, like you said, when you go to do your small business stuff, like it's, oh, I got to jump through five different fucking rooms with 18 different people, and they're all going to tell me, do this, do that, do the other. Like, I, I, I've listened to Greg about getting the oh, permit. Just permitting. getting a permit to, yeah. build a, to build a pull barn on your own property is ridiculous. Yeah. And, and the crazy thing, like, he, if you guys have heard his podcast, he's probably told the story a hundred times that it's just a bribe. I mean, that's all this shit is, is, hey, your, your, your building is sitting on a wetland. You can't build it. But if you give us $5,000 and... Uh, wetland offsets, then you can build it. Like, what is a wetland? You're, you've literally made up something to sell that doesn't exist. Yeah. And I just saw it was on, uh, it was in the Seattle Times the other day. Washington State had made, oh God, I want to say it was like $300 million auctioning off uh, greenhouse gas credits or carbon credits. And I was what like, is that? What, yeah, what is a carbon? <laughs> what like, is that? What is a carbon? <laughs> they, they literally made something up and then sold it for hundreds of millions of dollars. It's the NFC for yeah, friggin' no the left, yeah. you know? <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah. It's it's yeah. and you know what I mean. So it's it's probably if you want to, you know, build something like we're talking, you know, large scale commercial or industrial construction, you'd probably need to have these these credits in order to get your permit. Again, to get your permit approved, you got to jump through all these hoops. Yeah. So did did you buy your did you buy your carbon offset credits? Yeah. Well, that's the same thing with like the guns, right? Like, oh, a short barrel rifle can't have a short barrel rifle unless you want to pay us two hundred dollars. Then it's totally not a public safety issue. Then then it's cool. Because cool. Well, that two hundred bucks made it safer. Yeah. yeah. It's like with my boat. Like every year, I get new tabs for my boat. I have to pay. It's like eighty bucks goes towards it. They itemize, you know, like when you buy trailer tabs or anything, it itemizes what some of it's going to, and one of them is like. 80 bucks for a boat salvation fee, you know? And they're like, all these boats out there that crash, we got to go pick them up. And it's like, I've never really seen a bunch of just stranded. How many boats are getting crashed at you have to do this? Or when I insure my boat, which you guys make me do to drive it out on the water, most boat insurance come with a tow and salvation insurance for it. So it's like, 
Yeah, they're of course, they just want to keep taxing. I mean, that's kind of why libertarians exist, I feel. That whole idea of smaller government, it's like, okay, what's the most we can do for the least amount of money, allowing you the most opportunity? Or Yeah, like a limited, create this framework for the citizens to succeed within and yeah. stop. Stop yeah. right there. Because, I mean, we yeah, have to... Yeah, we have to pay taxes. We need infrastructure. Yeah. Oh, it's yeah. not like we're crazy people saying down with the system and we're going to burn it down and build it up. It's like, no, man, you have to have fire, police, teachers, infrastructure, food coming in and out, rules, regulation. I can't have some huge chemical company dumping all kinds of poisons in the river. But it seems like those big chemical companies, like you say... You want to suppressor? Pay, pay me two hundred bucks. Yeah, yeah, pay me a two hundred dollar chemical spill suppressor fee. Well, the yeah. crazy or, thing or what is, is for, what was Pfizer's like their their biggest fine ever paid was like was it? Oh, it was, was a billion it? dollars right as COVID was right. hitting. But One they, to the DOJ, and then they had to pay out seventy thousand right. people. But the product that they made that they got the fine for, they made like ten billion on. So yeah, their, yeah. So they net, only yeah. Their net was the, nine, nine billion. Cost of doing business, exactly. When you're that fucking rich. But then that terms like what's a slogan? One person dies, it's a tragedy. A million people dies, it's a statistic. And that's kind of what it is. I mean, when you get to where your bottom line is the only thing that matters because you have investors and the more money you get with special lobbying and interest groups, you can persuade and fund them to get your business even more money. I mean, that's kind of the problem where we get with greed. And I mean, you hear, I always say people that are like, uh, the rich are horrible. The rich are horrible. It's like, yeah, some rich people are probably horrible. No, no but not a because they, they create jobs that, or they create businesses to create jobs. To yeah. keep, you know, if you're 25 and you just need a job and you need to work somewhere, you, you kind of have to rely on someone wealthier than you to hopefully yeah. have figured some shit out so that they can, and they need to hire someone. Yeah. And then not everybody has an entrepreneurial spirit. Some people want to just be in, a, there's nothing wrong with being an employee. It's great. Like you yeah. need to earn your way in the world, but without entrepreneurs, people who don't want to be entrepreneurs aren't going to have a lot of options because if we're left with big box stores, those of you who don't want to be entrepreneurs, you're going to be left with, working a checkout stand at Home Depot or delivering Amazon packages or greeting people at the door of Walmart. Fucking A. No, I mean, but this is something everyone feels. I mean, yeah. this is what everyone feels and thinks, but it's hard for people to really just be like, hey, what what the fuck is really going no, on? Well, right? here, 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 well, here comes my second rant. Is <laughs> I think, yeah, yeah, yeah. So I think that... These elected official type, you know, the Nancy Pelosi's, the the Chuck Schumer's, the whoever, whoever fuck. It's it's both sides of the aisle. I don't mean to like just call out Democrats because I think the Republicans are just as guilty. I think they look at us as human livestock, and our usefulness is to work the checkout lines, shovel, you know, take out yeah. the trash, yada yada yada, um, and vote. Yeah, and that's that's yeah. why we that's why they encourage weakness as a virtue. And that's why I think it's so important right now and why I've got, I literally got off the bench in 2020 when I saw all this shit going on. And it, it's time to uh, promote strength and masculinity and moral courage because that's the only way we're getting out of this. And I, 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 was, I was lifting weights in my garage today watching the people that walk by and it's all like 
50 to 70 year old women with their little purse dog and they've got their fat husband kind of shuffling along behind them with his beer belly hanging out that they made walk. Yeah, exactly. Like fight about it. You need to go get your exercise, which yeah, you do. But walking around the block with the dog isn't going to cut it, but they look at me like I'm some kind of asshole because I'm out there in my garage with the door open and slipknot blaring while I'm lifting weights. If you listen to Slipknot, you might be an asshole. <laughs> I'm sorry. I have different music listen, tastes listen. than you guys. I, I have peer-reviewed studies that show listening to heavy metal at high volume improve, or improves athletic performance yeah, by 3%. Strong. All right. All right. It's, it. it's science, Mike. All right. All right. Metal. Well, I just, it's like, God, I just look at these men, and it's like, you guys have lost your way, right? And so. Well, right now, the, the biggest fucking thing is being the victim. Yeah. You know, if, yeah. You, if you become the victim, you are controlling the fucking narrative of whatever happens. Yeah. But that's why, I mean, that's why I'm sitting here right now. That's why I wanted to start this podcast. It's why I started training Northwest is because we need to get back to people being independently strong. And then when you seek independent strength in yourself, you're going to find yourself drawn just like, like I didn't, I, I didn't really hang out with you guys prior to 2020. I'd mm-hmm. met Mike a couple of times at Greg's house. And as I saw everything that was going on and realized, holy shit, you know, 2019, I was working construction, racing mountain bikes, and coaching Little League. And I was pretty happy. It's not bad. That's a good life. It was was a good life. But the economy was booming. I didn't particularly like Trump, but his policies were were putting the economy in the right direction. Um, I didn't like the state law. I mean, the state was already kind of going the way of, like, turning a blind eye to to petty crime and... uh, but they weren't coming after the citizens too hard, it felt like. And then 2020 happened, and suddenly we're closing mom-and-pop businesses and you know everything that we saw there. And I started to realize that it's, people are such fucking cowards. Because look at, look at Greg's business, right? Greg said, fuck it, I'm staying open. He had moral courage. Yeah. And, and his business has grown, I think he quotes 600% when he talks about it. Yeah. And so really... And that, 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 that's a whole other thing to talk about is 2020 is actually, it's created a lot of opportunities. It crushed a lot of people, which I feel bad for. But at the same time, I've kind of changed my mindset to if you, if you caved in and you kneeled before the governor and closed your business because the state sent you, Jay Inslee said, I have to close my business. Yeah, so it, we're closing our doors. You know what? You're a fucking coward pussy because a lot of people stayed open and those people who stayed open are now thriving. Yeah. And honestly... Training Northwest is like the momentum is growing. It's not, a, it's just a weekend business at this point, but it feels like it's headed somewhere. Oh yeah. And it, it is a direct product of 2020. And so, you know, you guys out there listening, I think that massive opportunities were as people were being crushed during 2020 and 2021. I also think that opportunities were being introduced. If, if you're yeah. willing to have moral courage and moral strength and stand up for what you believe in, there is a huge amount of opportunity out there right now. Yeah. Well, as the dust settled from all that, it was really easy to look around and see who was still standing, you know? Yeah. And I think that's more or less how we all met coming into this room right now. And like having, having the gym and everything that we've been doing, it was just a, a part of that, you know, it was easy to see like everybody who showed up here. Cause I remember walking in here and like, was like, I'm not bringing a mask in here. Yeah, <laughs> like, what's, no. what's gonna, we're going to a goddamn jujitsu. Yeah, like, yeah. What the fuck is this? You know, but I remember just like everybody running that, you know, and I, I'm not going to lie. I'd, I'd wore a mask for multiple occasions on a lot of different times. 
I'm not proud of that in fact, but it was just like, Hey, I don't it know is. what's fucking going on. I'm doing this. But then, then once I like kind of realized what was going on, met some people who gave me strength. Cause the fact of the matter is like being around you guys have lifted me up, um, tremendously. Right. And having, having this opportunity, um, and, uh, it's, it, it's just been eye opening in since for the last two years to see this, you know? Yeah, like you're saying, 2020 was a changer, but I think that's, I mean, that's what evolution is. Things get put under pressure, and that's what causes change. And with 2020, one of the biggest things you have to remember is just the fear campaign that they used for COVID was, I mean, you should, I mean... I question getting the vaccine, you know, when it first came out, my parents were freaked out about it. Everyone was still kind of freaked out about it. Well, if, if you rewind the clock to 2019 and 2020, we all sort of had a reasonable belief that the CDC was on our side and they would give yeah. us uh, wise, uh, or I should say like, uh, well, they had our yeah, best inform- interest in exactly. their minds. Yeah. And so we, we had so trust in our public institutions. Trust. So yes. the real, the real casualty of the pandemic is the trust in our public institutions. And everyone has now seen how corrupt and untrustworthy they are. Mm-hmm. Um, but it also, like you said, you mentioned fear. They used fear. Fear campaign was the biggest thing. I mean, remember, you're going to kill grandma. It's yeah. like, it's not about you. You're more worried. Of, we're going to instill not your life, but the lives of other, the sweet old lady that took care of you and brought you milk and cookies. We're going to kill her if you do this. And it's like, whoa, 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 whoa. That's not how you treat anyone. I mean, quarantining has never been used we sequester people and we protect the most vulnerable you know if covid happened they're like listen there is something nasty that's coming out and you look at the numbers and the elderly are the biggest to get it but maybe let's not close our schools you know let's try and practice good hygiene let's if you're going to visit relatives that are elderly. Let's take tests. Let's be proactive to protect the people we love to get through this problem. But immediately it was like, dude, if you barbecue a shrimp with two friends, you're you're fucking Nazi. (laughs) Yeah. Your grandparents are dead. You're like, what is this? Yeah. And going back to moral courage, most elderly people would tell you, you can sacrifice my life to keep the kids in school. Yeah, because they're more important. Like that that is moral courage. You say, "You know what? The children are more important than me." Dude, do you I'm, remember I'm 68. You know what? If I get sick and die because the kids are getting an education, I'm okay with that. Dude, when Ukraine, Russia and Ukraine happened, I remember there was women walking with their children and they were crying and interviewers were going over there and they're talking to them and the moms were crying and they're like, is this because your land's gone and all this stuff? And the ones were crying. They're like, this is horrible because we're displaced of our life. Our children are our future. And they've been out of school for two weeks. What are we going to do? And it's like, yeah. our kids have been out of school for two years. Yep. You know? And, and you still have moms over here crying about it, too. Yeah. You know? <laughs> you go, yeah. Well, and you and say, I, hey, point Ukraine out on a fucking map for me. Yeah, I know. That's what the fuck I thought. Uh, oh, that's another bad. Oh, shit. All right. What the hell? Oh, fear. So I because they used fear as an attempt to control the COVID lockdowns and mandates, vaccine mandates, blah, 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 blah. Again, I, I think that if, you know, if this is a movie, the way it's playing out, like they have created the counter pressure. So like those of us who realized that it was bullshit and decided, fuck this, like 
we're not going to be human livestock. We're going to stand up to this and we're going to come at this from a position of strength and courage. It drew us all together. And what, what I see forming like across the, it's, it's, it's across the nation. It's not just here in our, like here in our little corner, we have our little bubble where it's, it's this gym where we're sitting right now sort of is our epicenter, but look like Greg's in Utah right now, hanging out with, uh, uh, they they just rolled out the uh, yeah the the fieldcraft survival uh, jujitsu program was just rolled out like yesterday, yeah. so that's now now it spreads and there's there's other group like I don't want to say any names. This is a network that's growing. Exactly. Yeah, a little satellite. Exactly. So this I guess this message is more to men who are listening to this. Get off the fucking couch. If you look down at yourself and you're looking at a gut and some fucking Cheeto dust, if you're still breathing, it's not too late. You got to but. It, it costs absolutely nothing to lace up your shoes and go for a run. And if you can't go for a run, go for a walk and walk until you can run because you've got to start somewhere. And like I said, like if you're still alive, it's not, it is not too late to start today and it's not going to be easy, but that's why I'm talking about moral courage. It's going to be fucking hard, but if it was easy, it wouldn't be that interesting. And I had the same conversation with my, with my 11 year old is he was frustrated because he's not good enough at soccer. And I was like, dude, you sit here at night and watch YouTube videos of people doing like cool soccer tricks. He said, yeah. He said, yeah. I said, okay. Why do you watch those? Oh, they're cool. It's cool. Okay, why is it cool? I don't know. I said, it's cool because it's difficult. If everybody could, you know, balance a soccer ball on their foot for 10 seconds and flip it up in the air and catch it on the back of their neck, then everybody would do it and you wouldn't want to watch it. Right. And he's like, oh yeah. Okay. So, so everything that is hard or everything that is cool or that is good is probably going to be hard to do. Otherwise everybody would just be fucking doing it already. Yeah. Yeah. Fucking that half, half full water bottle flipping that shit. That was cool for about a week. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And then everybody realized there's a fucking trick to this, you know, <laughs> fucking stupid. That was on the tailcoats of the, uh, ALS I am going to get challenge. laid tonight. I just <laughs> figured out how to flip this flip water this bottle thing. Now make a video of it quick. <laughs> And by the way, like, again, for all you dudes out there, women are still drawn to manly men. I don't give a fuck what is being promoted on social media or on TV. If you want, if you're a single guy and you want to get laid, start being a fucking man. Yeah. Yeah. Lift weights. Go to the gym. Read. Be one yeah. educated. Reading's a big one, man. Yeah. That, actually, I'm glad you said that because that, it's not just about physical strength. It's about... Your mind's your biggest weapon, exactly. man. That thing yes. better be just as strong as your fucking your, biceps are. And your spirit. Like, you have to be well-centered. Like, again, I, I say this with all confidence that I am not afraid of the day that the state tries to pick a fight with me and that I have to go on to the afterlife because I'm my spirit is centered. I am, I am in no way in a bad place. I hope it doesn't happen, but at the same time, if it does, I'm totally okay with it. I, I would rather live a long life with my kids and my family but if push comes to shove, I'm not sacrificing my morals to to yeah. live, live as human livestock for another 25 years. Yeah. Nice yeah. part about death I always think about is like I just get to sleep. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like I think about it sometimes. A couple yeah. situations been like, dude, you might die, and it's like, all right, if I do, it's over, and it's like, no more burn pile. No more taking the trash oh, cans up the to the pile. road. Yeah. No more chores. Just get to take <laughs> a nap. nap. Yeah. Every once in a while, I think about jail that way. I'm like, man, I would read so many books and take. I'd so be many so naps. jacked and <laughs> like sleeping in my yeah. cell, doing pull ups on my uh, yeah. water bar, running through it. Oh, hang out with your friends every day. Yeah. 
get some cool tattoos. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh man. Oh god damn it. I had something I was gonna ask you about right then, and then I lost it when we started talking about jail. That'll do oh, it. Jail shit. and that have any hang on. Hang on. Have any what? guys ever been arrested? Uh, do we the, have to edit this podcast? Yes. <laughs> yes. Uh, yeah. In in this country and in a foreign country. Um, You're just yeah. probably cool. Oh, yeah. dude. If, you, if you've never been to jail in South Korea. Actually, you know what? I don't think I did get arrested. No, I didn't. Never mind. Where were you? Only in this country. I was thinking South Korea, but that I was not. It was a drunken night. Military? It, yeah. Yeah. It, it, it got all fuzzy. Um, but I woke up in my sleeping bag back in my cot, which means I escaped. <laughs> <laughs> half half the company was in jail. Was South Korea fun? No. Really? No. We were there in November, and it was balls cold, and we did a lot of... I mean, we weren't there to hang out. We were there for... Uh, you didn't get any leave or anything and go and... We, we, we had a few nights. Yeah? And one of the things the Army does that's kind of stupid is they'll they'll push you really hard on these training deployments, you know, like three, four weeks. And somewhere, you know, after like two weeks of really hard training, they'll be like, all right, you guys have... You know, they'll let you go at like 5 p.m. And they'll be like, you have to be back here at 6 a.m. tomorrow morning. Don't get in trouble. So you can't cause ruckus. Yeah. No, no, no. But it's like, hang on. We've Wink. been cooped up <laughs> under extreme amount of pressure for the last two weeks. And you're telling us we have 12 hours of freedom and don't get in trouble? Good fuck. Cause more trouble. Please. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, especially a bunch of rowdy, you know, 19, you know, the average. That's you, one of the best stories of getting back into that fucking camp. Oh, really? Or from what? Yeah. Okay. You tell well, that? Let's, well, let's okay. So we, we got this night out in, uh, oh, God, I think we were at Camp Humphreys in South Korea. And I can't remember the name of the city. Maybe it was Osan. I might be wrong. But anyway, so we, we were going out. We're going to have a, uh, the company, Alpha Company 275, is going to pay for dinner. So we went to this Korean barbecue place and had really good food. Nice. The company XO is walking around with a plastic milk crate full of these little clear plastic bottles of soju. Soju. Oh, what's, yeah. a, what's an XO? Uh, executive, executive officer. Bar. Okay, okay, yeah. And uh, soju is evil in a bottle, man. It is white lightning alcohol that... <laughs> it's Saki's nasty like a, cousin, dude. Well, but it's really smooth when you drink oh, it. Oh, yeah, it, but it, it goes down. Like, is it like a rice wine? It's another rice wine. It's just South Korea's version of sake, sake and yeah. stuff. It's, and it's, it's really strong, and it goes down really easy. Hell, yeah. And it's it's got what... If, I don't know if there's any truth to the, like, well, whiskey makes you fight, and tequila makes you everybody's best friend, but I tell you what, soju makes you fucking lose your mind. <laughs> and, yeah, uh, yeah. So we'd been out where everybody's wasted. We've got the entire company of Rangers, and we get on the bus back to Camp Humphreys, and we get to the gate after curfew. So because it's technically still a combat zone because peace was never declared, the gate closes, there's concertina wire around the top, and there's MPs behind it who are like, sorry, guys, you missed curfew. We don't open this gate again until 06 tomorrow morning. And uh, so here's here's the company commander who's now, uh, I think he's like a three-star general. <laughs> he's, uh, he's like, men, breach this camp. <laughs> and so dudes started climbing up the fence and over the wire. And uh, we we're, you know, cranking on the on the chain, trying to just rip the gates open. And, you know, there's, there's these two MPs on the other side. They're like, oh, shit, okay, we'll unlock it, we'll unlock it. But at that point, it was too late. Like, guys are streaming over the top and through the crack in the gate. I just remember looking up and seeing this one kid, and he's jumping up and down on the top of the uh, the black and white MP vehicle, you know, just like <laughs> smashing in the hood of it. We're not like going to take yeah, it. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. 
And right about then, the camp, they, they had these little shuttle buses around the camp that went around. Here comes the <laughs> shuttle bus. So a bunch of us ran and got, I'm pretty sure, okay, this is where the memory gets fuzzy. I'm pretty sure we got on that shuttle bus because I woke up in back at the little part where we were staying in a, in a GP medium tent in my cot. But, and so then we go out to, to formation, six o'clock uh, accountability formation. Bet you look good there. Oh, dude, the whole, everybody's swaying back and forth. No company commander, no company first sergeant. And uh, I think our platoon sergeant was the ranking, uh, ranking NCO there. So he, he kind of took accountability, but 40% of the company wasn't there because they were in the stockade. And so they, they, all, they, all got, they all got released later. I don't think anybody got even so much as like a light reprimand. It was like, Jesus Christ, guys, just... Yeah, don't, don't hey, see, you're going back out in the mountains today. Good, <laughs> see ya. Get the hell out of here. Yeah, <laughs> no way. Yeah. So, oh man, god damn it. All right, what were we talking about before this? I don't know, but that's funny though. Going on leave like that, it is crazy that mentality you'll get with a bunch of buddies. And it's like, dude, when you like, even for us, like, we'll go hunting and we're in the woods for a bunch of days, and then it's like, let's go get a hotel and a shower and a burger and a beer and just rage. You're just so excited to be back in get civilization. It's yeah, like get cowboys coming in off the range. And yeah. We're headed to the saloon. <laughs> yeah. We're going to get a poker game and a gunfight going. Yeah, every bachelor party I've been a part of has just gotten out of hand like that. That's a good bachelor party. Though. That's what you want. You don't want to no, be I, like well, we we're all in bed by 830. Oh, no, there's never been any of that bullshit. But <laughs> yeah. there, there was a time and I wasn't going to take Friday off. Right. So we're, I'm going to a bachelor party and weren't going to. Was it. Uh, that like by the dowels, there's that uh, like oh, Hood River, Hood River. We're going to Hood River. And uh, I, I leave a day late. Thank God. And I show up. And my buddies are calling me that Friday, like you know, I'm heading down. They left Friday, or they left Thursday night. Bring cash for bail. Fucking yeah, no shit. <laughs> Raging, right? I get a call, and they're like, "Hey, when are you going to be here?" And I was like, "You know, two hours, two three hours. I'm just passing Tacoma." And they're like, "All right, well, uh, we got kicked out of Hood everywhere, Hood, Hood River." Like the, the the sheriff, the sheriff kicked them out. It's like the first Rambo. He's like, I don't want you in my town anymore. No, they in they they followed a path of just destruction from this bar back to the Airbnb. Vomit and one dollar bills. Yeah, and they were just yeah. like, what Glitter. the fuck is going on? And so they got a call from the Airbnb company, or not the company, but the folks that were renting it to them. Oh shit! And they were like, hey, you guys need to quiet down. Or we're gonna have to ask you to leave. He was like, "Okay, okay, we'll, we'll, you know, lights out. We'll, we'll be quiet." And then all of a sudden, they got another call like an hour later, and they're emailing this stuff back and forth, and they're like, uh, "Matter of fact, you guys have to leave because if you guys don't leave, the city is gonna revoke our rental status." So they had to kick out. They kicked them out. That the next morning, they weren't allowed to come back. And then the sheriff ran into him and was like, you guys need to leave the town now. And so when I got there, I got four buddies hung over, just all fucked up, sitting on a curb. <laughs> and then another buddy, they're like, oh, we're waiting for Dylan. He's, he decided to go kite surfing. <laughs> Took a kite surfing lesson. <laughs> and I was like, what the fuck? <laughs> so then we fucking, everybody loads up and one buddy's just fucking hammered and just needs to sleep. And he, we don't know what we're... The bachelor party just started, you know, so they were like, well, we don't want to, we don't want to go home. 
So one buddy ends up renting a cabin in the middle of the woods, and we fucking just go out to this cabin and just got <laughs> annihilated. Yeah. It was awesome. But, yeah, they, they still can't rent stuff in fucking Hood River. <laughs> They're outlawed. <laughs> yeah. No shit. It was hilarious. Yeah. That's kind of funny. Uh, I remember after high school, some of my close friends are like, we're independent. We're going to get a house. And all three of them went in on a house. And they lived there for maybe... Renting a house? Yeah, they're renting a house. And they lived there for three weeks. And I think every weekend they got like a noise complaint and stuff like that. So then by the fourth week, they got a letter. And they're like, you're evicted. And they're like, we're having an eviction party. <laughs> Dude, it was the most epic party I've ever been to. I mean, they just didn't care at that point. Yeah, well, Barbecues getting thrown off the porch. Oh, stuff. dude, yeah. it was beyond, yeah. The Good cops word. showed up. I mean, it was great. It was great. And that is why I don't want to buy a rental house. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> right? Yeah. Fuck. Yeah, I, I uh, in high school, went to some party, and I felt bad for the kid. Because his mom was kind of a piece of shit. Had a big, nice house and everything. But she was kind of an abs- absentee mom. So uh, the kid's kind of a weird kid anyway. Where he's like, house party at my house, you know. My mom's not in town. And his mom, I guess, just like took off with her boyfriend. And just like hadn't come back for like four days or some shit. And he was like, fuck it. Let's get wild. And then he, we get there and he's just like, destroy everything. I was like, what? And I'm I'm having to, like, calm some buddies down. I look over. I got a buddy just beating the shit out of his fridge. And, like, <laughs> other buddies are throwing the fucking barbecue off the deck. It's like, and by buddies, I mean just acquaintances. Acquaintances. I was yeah, never yeah, that kid. Yeah. But, yeah. yeah, I was fucking wild. People fucking punching holes through the wall. See, they can Holy make shit. The, yeah. Dude, as a kid, I was so scared of my parents and stuff like that. It's like, to think of doing that to their house, it's like... I would have to be a legitimate psychopath, like yeah. disassociated from any empathy or consequences. Like, well, I was like respectful because I my parents would leave and I would throw parties, but then it was like the next day I would just clean yeah, and clean up. and clean, clean up everything. So that, yeah, when like, they came home, there was like no. I mean, part of it was not wanting to be caught, but a, part of it was also like, oh. If, if the house is trashed, my parents are never going to leave me alone again, you know? <laughs> yeah. And I want to be able to have a little party with my friends over, so. Were you a good partier in high school? I, I not, feel like not, I, not a lot. I missed, like, everyone I know, they're like, oh, high school parties, high school. I felt like I was always so busy with, like, snowboarding yeah. Yeah. and just kind of doing stuff. And I was, I, I was I party never, light. Yeah. Party light. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And I honestly, I didn't drink much. I smoked a lot of weed. Uh, okay. Just because the first time I drank... I was at a basketball. Actually, you guys know Hoop Fest in Spokane, the yeah, big yeah, three yeah, on three yeah, tournament. Yeah. So the first time I ever got drunk was at Hoop Fest when I was like 15. And so we drank a bunch of beers the night before and then had to go play basketball on those asphalt streets in like, you know, 98 degree weather. And I, it was just fucking miserable. And I remember thinking like, all right, well, if this is what a hangover feels like, I'm done drinking. Yeah. And so for the rest of high school, I just smoked pot. And I, every once in a while, I'd drink like a beer or two, but I wasn't, I never really fucked around drinking in high school. Yeah. yeah. I, I feel I missed that high school experience. What about you? Well, I, I didn't drink at all in high school until. Yeah. Um, all right, take that back. There was a couple times I did, but. Wrestling, until freshman year. Yeah. Well, wrestling kept me out of doing all that kind of shit. There was always a tournament or, you know, after, after uh, the normal season, it was the freestyle season and it kind of all that so that kept me out of a lot of trouble um 
And then, like, my senior year after state, it was like, let's fucking go. <laughs> and, you know, <laughs> haven't stopped since. Um, <laughs> yeah, no, that, that kept me out of a lot of trouble. I mean, I had a bunch of buddies getting arrested and shit, like, just MIP yeah, stuff, that's you know, all, just I remember hearing those stories. I was always like, crazy. Oh. It's like, what did you do this week? Yeah. And they're like, cops came, busted my party. It's yeah. like, dude, I was in my underwear playing Sonic the Hedgehog, you know? <laughs> it's yeah. like, what were you doing? Everybody got thrown yeah. on the back of a paddy wagon, you know, yeah. just like, <laughs> uh, we, we, but I was coming up right as, as Jackass was huge. So we oh, were yeah. like, we were always pranking and doing just goofy shit. And uh, how many e- it, like how many ER visits do you think that whole crew is responsible oh, for? You know, hundreds of thousands, <laughs> yeah, without question. Oh, yeah. Oh, are you kidding me? The <laughs> yeah. number of fucking idiots who watch oh, that show were like, everyone loved Jack. That, well, yeah. that's what I'm saying. That well, was it's funny my... to watch, but for most, I, uh, I shouldn't say most when of you... us. A lot of us were like, yeah, but I'm not. I'm not dumb enough to do that stuff. I'm sure there were a lot of people out there who were like desperate for attention or like, oh yeah, you know, craving that. You spotlight. always had that one friend that's yeah. like, I'll do it. We oh. were 13. Yeah. <laughs> like that was that was like, we get a little bit of time away from the parents and yeah. jackass is a thing and one buddy's got a camera. <laughs> oh fuck, here we go. <laughs> You know, how long till a nut stapled to your thigh? <laughs> yeah. yeah. Oh man, snorting pixie sticks like, and fucking. Jordan's over here putting staples through the the empty side of his sack. Like, watch this, guys. <laughs> uh, yeah. I'm just glad we couldn't get any views on that shit. You know what oh, I mean? Like, man. there was no social media back then. How no, happy are you that? Damn. Yeah. That's that's another point. There another reason why I've I've always said I am so happy I got through my 20s before everybody had a cell phone camera. Yeah. Fuck, I'm glad I got through high school before there was I'm dude, some of the shit that people do now. I I think just for attention to Yeah. Um and but, even even my kids, my my older son at one point he goes, "Yeah, I'm going to be a YouTuber when I grow up." I was like, "A YouTuber?" Huh? He's like, "Yeah." I said, "Okay. Uh what what's your content going to be about?" Like, "Oh, I don't know." I said, "Well, before you can make content that other people want to watch, you're going to have to go do something interesting. You're going to have to kind of live that life for, I don't know, a good portion of your life so that then you have something to offer, right? And he was like, oh, yeah, I didn't think about that. Like, in his mind, he's just going to get a cell phone camera, sign up for YouTube, and start making money. Be famous. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, but that is weird because it's like... I loved video games growing up. I still love video games. I don't play like I used to, but... I think there's some of the most amazing things to do ever. I think when the graphics are incredible. I mean, I started playing with an Atari when I was a kid. My uncle, my cool uncle from Pennsylvania would come over and he was like 10 years younger than my dad. So he was like 26 and I was four and he's like, check this out. And he had one suitcase full of clothes and one suitcase full, full of, of video weed. games. Oh, yeah, no, no, I was too, old, too young then. That was blow. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Uncle Pablo. <laughs> yeah. Good to see you again. Uh, but he would come and we'd play it and it's like, I think video games are incredible. But I love playing the video game. And then you started seeing things like Twitch. And I was like, what is Twitch? And they're like, Oh, people make videos of themselves playing video games, oh, dude, okay. and people love it. 
And it's like, okay, so, oh, but kid, this is dude. where we see the transition and how it shifted, you know? You said, it's like, yeah, what are you going to make a YouTube video out of? And I would have thought the same thing. Oh, you have to have something you're good at or show it. But now there's even things just as mundane. It'd be like if we won bird watching and we made a video and we go, there's one. And someone's like, did you see how he pointed to that gray goose? Yeah. It was out of control, you know? Yeah. Yeah, man. I, I get so frustrated because... You know, trying to like raise kids properly and do a good job and and not there's no owner's manual, right? So you're just kind of winging it, and especially now with like smartphones and and tablets and all this shit. So my kids have tablets, and we try to restrict like oh, we we try to restrict the time on it, but we're human and we get lazy, and it's like you know it's sometimes like having two rowdy boys in the house, you just want to be fucking left alone for an hour and a half. Yeah. It's like, you know what? You guys want tablet time? They're like, yeah. I'm like, shit, we already gave them an hour this morning. But we're tired, and we just we just want some peace and quiet, so fuck it. Let's let them watch their tablets. Yeah. But a lot of what they do is they get on YouTube, and they either watch other kids playing uh, what's the, uh, Minecraft. They'll watch yeah. other kids play Minecraft. Or they'll just watch some of the most, it's, it's literally some of the dumbest shit you've ever seen in your life where it's mind numbing, just yeah, fucking. It's, it's like some dude talking like really excitedly like, oh, okay. And then I got out of bed and I went over here to my terrarium and I put some fish food in there. Blah, 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 and it's like, <laughs> like, what the fuck are you watching? But they'll only watch like five 40, seconds of it, 45 seconds of it. And then they'll flip to the net and they'll click to the next video. And I was telling uh, Jen, I was like, this is. This is everything wrong with how to raise kids. Like, they're, no wonder kids don't have an attention span right now. No wonder they can't. No wonder they're frustrated that soccer is difficult to learn because they aren't learning that you have to kind of buckle down and focus and figure shit. Of course, and I mean, school is no better. Like, the school is. Fortunately, we have had our kids in a private school since the 2020 lockdown. So they're, they're at, their quality of education is very good right now. Um, but I think we're going back to the public school system next year. And I'm, I'm straight up like afraid of, of, uh, you know, the quality of education they're going to get. What do you think that little 45 second thing is that that little 45 seconds of dopamine watching someone do that? Like, I'm going to go to my terrarium. I'm going to fucking, <laughs> I love that it was yeah. a terrarium. <laughs> uh, I'm going to spray this plant with some water. Is that watching someone live their life it's, it's and doing something? Yeah. yeah, yeah, you're living yeah. out. And I'm a little bit of a hypocrite because for Training Northwest, I started a YouTube channel, which is, start again, it's starting to grow momentum, and it's has a little bit of popularity. Um, there, well, there's nothing wrong with watching YouTube and learning. There, there's just not, right? Yeah, and that's the other thing. Every once in a while, but they'll watch the something that's like legitimately like the other day they were watching something about tree frogs and they watched yeah. 30 minutes of youtube video it was a 30 minute youtube video about tree frogs and well, i was like good oh, this content is, that's can, good content can create yes. you know it can hold you hold your attention yeah right yeah. but like anybody can create a fucking you know 20 second little fucking scroll dance fucking move and yeah hey film this and we're gonna dance and then we're gonna fucking you know yeah and but that's that's the problem is like People want to do that and become YouTube famous by doing some stupid little bullshit and then get some sort of clout from it as opposed to actually like putting out content where it's like researched or even just like uh, any kind of intellectual shit. It's not that, yeah. right? So you can you can make your fucking terrarium fucking videos and 
<laughs> yeah, I mean, a good contrast between that is there was the one, like I said, the one video where it's just this kid showing like what he does in the first 10 minutes of waking up and it's all like kind of, it was a little schizophrenic, right? But then Aren't that, they all? that that video, pro- probably because they watched that one, is what led to the 30 minutes of legitimate information on the tree frogs. But mm, yeah, I just, you know, it's like the algorithm. Le- oh, okay, you liked the terrarium video or that mentioned the terrarium, you might like a video about tree frogs. And so then they sat and watched 30 minutes of legitimately like interesting tree frog information. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So, I, yeah. I miss Jeff Corwin, man. Oh, yeah. <laughs> what a good yeah. guy. Yeah. Uh, and the, uh, <laughs> I was about to sing the, uh, Oh, want to go wild, wild crats, want to go wild, wild, wild crats. All the parents will know what I'm talking about. <laughs> Mike, do you know that song? I don't. No, I don't no clue. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That was an <laughs> Eastern Washington yeah. thing. No, dude. no, no. That's that's that my kids. Fucking... Wild, wild crats is a legit, like, uh, good kids show that was on, I think it was on PBS. You know oh, what's good? Recently. It? Oh, okay. Yeah, oh yeah, okay, yeah, yeah. okay. Yeah, that's why. It's good if you're an adult and someone's like, hey, you know that kid song and you don't have kids and you go, no, I don't. It's more suspect if I'm like, oh, yeah, exactly. I love Wild Kratts. I like to take my shirt off, rub myself down with bear grease and watch Wild Kratts. Oh, shit, dude. No, it's good what you guys are saying about that because it's important because I'm sure a lot of people have kids or they deal with these same struggles. And, I mean, I think it's something that's been said about everything. I I can use this for good or I can use it for bad. I can use a hammer to fucking bang someone in the head with or I can build a house. Technology is nothing different. This is just another tool we're having and we're evolving around this tool and this tool itself is evolving. Mm-hmm. Technology is not the same as when you're a kid to what it is today. It compounds and it builds and it forces you to know about past technology, to understand current technology. And you look at other countries. I mean, we all know the TikTok in China and what they put in viewership. They show educational STEM video stuff. You look at tech billionaires like Elon Musk, Bill Gates, people that are in it. They don't let their kids just run wild on an iPad. They give them allowed times and certain things they can look at. So just like anything, technology is a tool. And I think being a parent and having kids, teaching them how to properly use it is something that's important. Because I mean, we all know you can go down the rabbit hole of anything and there's no, you, you say there's no user guide for parents. It's like, all right, there's no user guide for TV, for internet, for games, for all of this. Yeah. I mean, I, I've been guilty of fucking scrolling and all of a sudden it's like, holy shit, it's been 45 minutes. Oh, we, you know? We've all and done it's it. Like, we've all done oh, it. Fuck. Like but how, that, mm-hmm. that's but, how I realized the trap. And I'm like, shit, I gotta, yeah, I gotta put this fucker somehow down. I gotta get my kids. You know what I mean? Like there has to be reasonable limits. Well, and their minds are developing around yes. it. Right. Yes. So that, that attention span is like, I just need, I got the whole fucking thing and off to the next. Yeah. Off to the next. I mean, I felt it like, cause I, I'd be lying if I didn't say there had been times where I spent fucking weeks. If anybody from Budweiser, Anheuser-Busch is listening, <laughs> we need a sponsorship of, uh, what, Chilada Chilada Red Beer. That's, yeah. The official drink fucking of fucking delicious. The, yeah, the official, the official drink of the enlightened Neanderthal. I think you, I can Budweiser do... with tomato juice in it. <laughs> yeah, I any can... red beers out there, let us know. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> let us know. Do you guys ever make them? I can do you one better. I think, if next oh. week, I, I have a recipe yes, yes. specifically for no making chalotas. Yeah, let's do it. Oh, yeah. dude, a little I, salt I, bay and everything. I had <laughs> swore, bro, I had swore to never touch one of these. 
And then uh, Jordan Jordan brought one the yeah. other weekend when he was hungover, and I took a little sip, and I was <laughs> like, "Yeah, no, we're great, we're great people over here." These enlightened trying so to be a better man. We're, we're talking about be moral courage man. here, goddammit. Yeah. And uh, fuck Jordan. So Jordan brought that one when he was hungover, and I took a sip of it, and I was like, "Oh, that's kind of tasty. It's like a uh, it's like a white trash Bloody Mary, right?" Yeah. And uh, <laughs> so then. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I was I was super hungover yesterday after the uh, after our um, <clears throat> experience up at the the warming hut that we snowshoed into, and I was like, God damn it, I'm I am struggling to get through today, and so I grabbed one of these from the grocery store, and holy, yep, that's that's the new cure. Yeah, that's the new cure. That's so, a fucking element yeah, element helps too. Yeah, dude. That, that shit's legit. I drank one of those today too. Yeah, those so, those will sit that like the gee, element or the fucking. This is this is quite the contrast from the endless endeavor with Greg Anderson. <laughs> Guys, if you're feeling rough, grab a chilada. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it happens. Huh? Yeah. <laughs> you know, but it's nice. Though. It's like, yeah, you were hungover from the day before, but it's like, yeah, you didn't go to your local dive bar. You didn't just sit in your garage and drink. Yeah, beer I went to the AMP. I'm like a fucking man, Mike. <laughs> Not from the chalada. Didn't you, you were backpack hiking. You were in? Hiking and you snowshoed in, in with a bottle of booze. I snowshoed in with a fifth of tequila, a six pack of beer, <laughs> my kids' stuff, like their sleeping bags, their clothing, their equipment. You make yeah. use yeah. of that uh, that beer shelf. I did not. Uh, I, okay. I managed I to fit sure. it all. It actually all fit inside. Hey, Mystery Ranch Bear Tooth Eighty, <laughs> shout out! <laughs> you, you can fit a lot of uh, party favors in there. Yeah, yeah. This morning I got up and you know feeling a little hungover and still went to jujitsu. Good for you. You know, yeah. You got to do it. Yeah. So it's one thing if you just do it and don't do fucking shit. Yeah. You know, yeah. but if you're you're earning that, you're earning it. Yeah. yeah. I woke up. I felt great. Uh, no <laughs> hangovers. Sprinkled some cold, fresh water on my face, and then uh, went out and did a burn pile. Oh, there yeah. you go. Yeah, that was my whole weekend. Dude, I, there, there is literally shooting? nothing I love better. What? Were you, you were shooting your bow? Yeah, I was shooting at my house. I shot for an hour and 20 minutes today. Had one of my buddies come over at noon, and we just shot arrows. Uh, burn piled all weekend. It was awesome. There's nothing better than a burn pile. Oh, do you, it's, I, I don't, do you consider it a chore? I consider it like my best week. I mean, I've got five acres in which I'm trying to turn over and flip and make better. So technically everything's a chore, but I much rather do a burn pile and chainsaw and do that whole rigmarole. Maybe have a couple beers like you gentlemen, uh, but not <laughs> press on. the envelope. Do you, do you chainsaw and burn irresponsibly without beer? No, I'm certified. Okay, good. <laughs> yeah. yeah I, so if you're out, if you're chainsawing and burning, and you don't have a like a twelve rack of silver bullets close by. We're we're gonna have to talk. You got it. You got to have something to rehydrate in front of that hot furnace. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, it's it's fun. But the whole time, so my neighbor that lives right next to me, he is. I think he worked for. Uh, what's the branch of military everyone makes fun of? Coast Guard. Coast Guard, yeah. <laughs> All right, there we go. Thank you. So he works for the Coast Guard, and he's retired from them. But he was some sort of communications guy, right? And he does 
crazy ham radio. Oh, like yes. they bounce it off the moon yep. and then that signal goes onto the other side of the earth and then they can pick up transmissions from the dark side of our planet using the moon to reline a site it or rebounce it and that, stuff. That's a valuable friend. He's a he's an interesting guy. And he's he's always gone on business. He's always in the Pacific doing work. But then he'll come back for a couple of weeks. And every time he comes back, he has to redo his radio towers. And so I'm out there burning. And I look over. And there is a scissor lift. And these towers, I mean, he's my next door neighbor. So they're like in my backyard pretty much. I got my nice garden. I got a pond. And then I have a huge 5G tower right behind oh, my house, shit. it looks right. like, right? And so he's up there in a scissor lift, and he's got a guy climbing a tower, and he's tethered in with a rope. Oh, and I wonder, they, is he contracting out to, like, AT&T or Verizon or somebody? I, I don't think he's for phone. I think this is all through his work. This is his stuff. private tower? Yes, this is okay. his own private thing. Because you, you, if you have land, like AT&T or whoever will approach you and ask if they can lease yeah. space to erect a tower. Yeah, yeah. They did it right in Snohomish outside my parents' place okay. in the flats. Okay. So, so you think these are his... Oh, like these are his absolute his private. private. Yeah. Okay. Okay. He's talking to the Ho Chi Minh Trail. Or, oh, you know <laughs> what I mean? Like, he's communicating. But he's got this guy climbing up there. He's in the scissor lift telling him what to do. I'm... I'm I'm watching this. I'm having fun now. I'm throwing logs on the fire and enjoying myself, maybe cracking <laughs> open a beer, watching that neighbor. And they're slipping. The guy's falling. They've got huge antennas that are swinging. They're trying to put them on this little point to balance. They're falling off the tower. They're swinging. They're hitting the scissor lift. Guys are yelling at each other. They're swearing at each other. Oh, shit. Whoa. Three hours later... They got it erected. This sounds like iron workers to be oh, honest Oh, dude. And then they're best friends. They're like, wasn't that crazy when that antenna fell on me? <laughs> I hear them laughing. I'm like, this is the craziest God burn damn. pile I've ever done. Wow. Right. Yeah, that's a solid weekend for them. Oh, neighbors are entertainment, man. Yeah. Good crazy. Not, not when you live in an HOA. Neighbors are, I love my next door neighbors. But being in an HOA is such a fucking... I'm technically an HOA, but I only pay $150 per year for it. Same for us. Same for us. But to me, an HOA is just... It's like... uh, One more fucking thing. Remember the kids who wanted to be the hall monitor in school because they wanted that little bit of authority? Yeah. That's your HOA president. Well, to me, that's anybody who asks to be... Or who signs up to be part of the HOA. If, If you're willing to step into that role... You probably have that mentality. Yeah. I'm lucky. I'm lucky. We have a badass HOA. No one cares what you do on your property. Oh, good. You can paint your house the Seahawks colors like a douchebag if you want. No offense if you're in yeah. the Seahawks. It's something I hate around yeah, here. Yeah, we actually had neighbors pull into our driveway the other day, and they were like, uh, can you look at these paint swatches? Because we have to get five signatures before. We, I was like, I don't need to look at the paint swatches. Just give me the formal sign. Yeah, I'll say you do. Because it's yeah. your house, and you can paint it whatever. I don't give a fuck what color you paint it. Yeah. Oh, you could turn this thing. And they, they were like, they were like, oh really? <laughs> wow, that's that's. I was like, yeah, really. Just fucking paint yeah, it. Really. Why do I care about your business? Yeah. Yeah, that yeah. I never got. Yeah, that's fucking wild to me. Yeah. Oh, oh yeah. Fuck. They would hate me. Yeah. Oh yeah. Oh, I'm sure. Like, oh Jordan, paint, that paint's peeling, dude. Dude, you, <laughs> you'd be the first guy to be executed by your oh, HOA president. Oh, I, I, oh <laughs> fucking bring it on. How many dogs are living here? Yeah, that's none of your goddamn business. Is that is that a husky that? 
You cut his legs off? Like, what happened to the husky's legs? They're half length. Yeah. I gotta, oh, it, it bred with a, what, a wiener dog or something? Yeah, something like that. A or fucking, a corgi? A corgi, yeah. Husky. My jerk looks my husky had a baby. Imagine a, a husky that's legs are sawed off at the knees. And that's that's what you get when yeah. you breed a husky with a corgi. It looks like a husky. And it lives at Jordan's house. Yeah, walking in snow. You know what I mean? Like, but that's all he's got. Doc's got more knee problems than me, dude. I guarantee you that. Yeah. Oh, uh, man. I got to pee. Can we take a pause? Yeah, yeah. Pause it. Uh, all right. So we just found out what uh, Kozak and his wife are into. Cobbler. <laughs> <laughs> the cobbler gobbler here. <laughs> I mean, I'll, I'll be honest. I love a good cobbler. A blackberry cob. Hang on. Oh, dude. Here's a question. Are you guys. Blackberry or apple? No, not even that. Oh. This says a lot even before you get there. Are you cake guys or are you pie guys? Pie. 100%. Pie? Yeah, pie. Pie? Pie. Is dude, you can't at, be yeah. pie. Strawberry rhubarb and blackberry. Uh, strawberry rhubarb's my top. Rhubarb makes me feel like the Great Depression, but I like where you're going with that. Have you never had strawberry rhubarb? Uh, we grow rhubarb. We've had. I've had it. Yeah, my my family's from Wisconsin in the Midwest and Dude, stuff. It's, it's the best. They love that. rhubarb. Yeah, my my wife's grandma is 92, I believe, and she's amazing. She still lives by herself um, on like five acres, and uh, oftentimes we'll come home in the evening, and there'll just be a like a fresh pie sitting on our porch. Because nice. she'll just make a pie and drop it off. It's like, yes. <laughs> Get the kids in bed, and I'm eating three quarters of this motherfucker. <laughs> Ice cream or whipped cream? And uh, when I say whipped cream, I you got to make it by hand. Like no, whipping no, cream. I, I go I apple pie with ice cream. Ice, the the only time I ever go whipped cream is pumpkin pie. And even then, Ooh. it's kind of... Eh, I'm sometimes. Oh, you know what? Fuck, pumpkin's my favorite. Pumpkin's fucking good. Pumpkin's, pumpkin's pretty pumpkin's good. Pumpkin's my favorite, yeah. Yeah, um, and I'll, and I'll go vanilla ice cream, but it's not mandatory. Pumpkin but I don't like whipped cream though. on like apple yeah. pie or uh, blackberry really? or strawberry rhubarb. Oh my god, pumpkin, pumpkin pie is seasonal. you can you can yeah. run apple pie time. all year. Yeah, well, yeah. It's, it's pumpkin pie in cold weather, and strawberry rhubarb is totally a summer like summertime pie. I've never had it. Are you serious? Never oh, fucking shit. had it. Okay, I got really? I got to talk to. Grandma. I got rhubarb. Do you not have me. a grandma? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> what kind of bullshit grandma you running, dude? <laughs> no, oh, fucking man. grandma Pat's got some fucking explaining to do. <laughs> yeah, right? yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. No, See you bad. soon, Gam Gam. Yeah, strawberry <laughs> rhubarb was a classic growing up. Oh yeah. I mean, I feel like uh, that's the thing. It's like having. I was close with my grandparents, and then not, I mean, I was close with my aunt and my uncle, but my great aunt and my great uncle, so my grandparents, brothers, and sisters, I was kind of close to, and they were all from, like, Wisconsin in the Midwest back pre-World War One or pre-World War Two, maybe even a little pre-World War One. And it was just, they all had their weird grandparent things of the past that they used to do, like, you're talking about eating apple pie. My great aunt and uncle. Hold would, on, you guys eat this stuff? <laughs> yeah, no, no, all the time. We're we're at Electric North Jiu Jitsu. We only eat meat and uh, <laughs> eggs. We don't we don't talk about dessert. <laughs> yeah, in don't Electric tell North. Sean. Uh, but they would melt um, cheddar cheese on it. The only way oh, they shit. ate apple pie is they would put a big piece of cheddar cheese on it and melt it in it the sounds oven. sounds delicious, that, now that you say Dude, it. It's, I it's, did it. It's sweet yeah. and savory, right? Oh, yeah. it's amazing. All right, game on. It's old world knowledge that you're, you know. <laughs> <laughs> did I turn into Tyler? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. 
This is how we move blocks for the pyramid. And by the way, yeah. cheddar cheese on apple pie. But I'm, I'm, dude, I'm in. That's fucking yeah. wild. Yeah. I'd, sweet, sweet and salty. I mean, everybody loves sweet and salty, right? So yeah. that's all we're talking about yeah. is, is sweet and salty. All right, yeah. game on, game on. And you, Jordan's ev- everybody to- listen. Who everybody who just listened to an hour and ten minutes of this, just for that one pro tip from Mike Kozak. You are fucking welcome. You're welcome, America. <laughs> I got a lot of those humdingers. Yeah. Well, oh, that's awesome. All right. Well, we're an hour in. Did we come here to talk about something today? I guess I f- it's, it's really my fault that we can't talk about uh, uh, the book. But we should. We should no, a- we I should mean, that's just know- one of many. I, I just enjoy. I mean, okay. Dude, I, I love that you suggested a bunch of books because that's where we're going. Like, I'm all in to get the reading list and just start yeah. reading these books. So that we have, but it's just going to take time. Oh, I mean, yeah, you can't power, and you can't power through it instantly. And books are amazing because they're ideas. If you have a conversation with someone for two minutes and they change your mind, you're a fucking idiot. Yeah, you know, it should take days of conversation. It should take. Thinking about something in every possible aspect. Wait, and that's you don't form your opinions based on little TikToks? clips on uh, fucking TikTok and Instagram? No, I just vote down the line, either D <laughs> or R. That's how I work. No, but uh, no, I, I love... So I'm kind of lucky in a way that... Um, I don't know, this is weird. Being on a podcast now and... We have... Hang on. We have 14 downloads. Hey, thanks, Holy guys. Shit, we are the first ten callers call in, and you'll get a free T-shirt. Remember, the phrase that pays Four, is ex- fourteen people. Which you subtract our moms. It's all our so eleven people. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But that's how it starts. And no, I mean that's even if it's our moms and stuff like that. I was lucky enough to grow up in this time period. I always think I am the luckiest person in the world. Yeah, I'm in the luckiest time to grow up in the world. Maybe things aren't as satisfying naturally as a fucking a Viking or a a hunter gatherer doing something that they're like, I'm so reward and all this stuff. But it's like, I ain't been bit by a saber tooth cat. I've gotten bacterial infections that I've gotten over. I feel extreme. What was her name? (laughs) Becky. (laughs) (laughs) But I feel extremely lucky to be where I am. And yeah, these are are fascinating times. Like if you think about it, the industrial revolution is only 140 years old, maybe less. And the, I should say the first, oh boy. The industrial revolution, as we talk about it, is all based on mechanical, uh, yeah, steam-powered engine, yeah, and stuff mechanical like that. advantage. Yeah. And look what that did, though. Having those things, like look at Marxism, look at France, look at all the revolutions when that started happening in the seventeen eighteen hundreds, when you started getting automation, and it changed work, it changed worker employer relationships it started philosophies with marxism and communism and basing more on what it's like to treat people that work for you now that you can hire more yeah well Uh, but now so now we're on the precipice of another threat of technology which is electronics i shouldn't say precipice we're in the infancy so people think that like your iphone is like this massive like oh it's so advanced it's more computing power than you had on a desktop in 1995 and it's like it's only 
what was the first computer? 1982, maybe. Late I mean, 1970s? technically, computers are just running data, right? So you can do it through a paper sheet and look at I have this money, this many ones marked, or I have this many twos marked, right? That, All that, you're doing is processing. That was the original. Uh, oh shit! The word escape. God damn it! I'm having a brain fart. What do you call it? The uh, uh, Ones and zeros. Uh, binary? Binary. Thank you. That was original binary technology. Yeah. Yep. Now we're getting into... Like, the non-binary. Yeah. So we'll... <laughs> <laughs> yeah. We have, we have uh, solid state technology. Yeah. Which is, so that was like the next evolution of binary. Yep. But now they're experimenting with quantum computing. Which yeah. in only, what, 40 years of computers, we've gone from really basic binary running tapes, literally running tapes, yeah. to now we're talking about quantum entanglement for computing. Yeah, but and they, I don't, I don't believe it's, in it completely. Uh, I, they're still happen. having so many problems. Oh, of course they are. But it, it, the reality is they'll work it out eventually. It always happens. It might not be in our lifetime, but think about how many people didn't believe in the, like the, the steam wheel. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like rewind the clock. 200 years, and people are like, steam wheel that produces energy. You guys are wasting your time. Yeah. And now look where we are. If if human beings have been on this planet, they're saying now like 450,000 years, and yeah. this this technology is 40 years old, imagine where it could go. So we're, we are living in sort of a fascinating time. We're living in the best and I, I think I think that's why everything is in such upheaval right now. I think I might have said this on the last one. Was we're in a new age of information where the legacy funnels – which were, you know, you had like the, the four ABC, NBC, CBS, uh, and Fox. Maybe Fox, they came along a little later. You had, Isn't that Rupert Murdoch? Yeah. With Fox and stuff? Yeah. yeah. So they, the, you had your three main channels. Like, well, everybody got their news from Walter Cronkite, yeah. right? And everybody's kids came through the public uh, education system. Mm-hmm. So everybody's information was very tightly controlled. And now we're in this wild west of... You've got this little thing in your pocket that connects you to the world and you can spread ideas like fucking wildfire. And I think we are part of what we're experiencing is humanity learning how to, how to deal with all this information and all these ideas. Like it's like, Holy shit. We're we're so used to this channelized information where it's everybody gets the same, like no matter where you are. Well, look at what we're doing right now. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. No, we're, we're spreading ideas. Yeah. Some um, kid with a fucking terrarium out this, there just making it happen. You know? <laughs> He's like, oh, they're making fun of me. <laughs> like, you know, that's fourteen it's, new it's downloads too. Though. Say, <laughs> he's he's some skinny nerd, but it's probably Hayden, and he's gonna come choke <laughs> us all out. Yeah, no shit. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but it, it's a fascinating time because we're living in the wild west of information, where ideas are proliferating like crazy, and it's gonna cause massive disruption to established sort of normal systems, governments and infrastructure. That's a beautiful, all all of the above. Yeah, no, it's so it's it's a beautiful world word. What you said was disruptive. I forget who wrote the book bold, but it's a good book. And the guy really emphasizes on disruptive technologies and what disruptive technologies are things that came out that we didn't really see. We thought they were coming out, but they changed the world dramatically. And you could take it for something like the internet Right. It, it changed how you communicate, how quickly things happen. But you could take it for other things like we're all into martial arts. Look at jujitsu. 
Gracie changed the way the UFC was fought. Like, when you're a kid, you're like, dude, karate's the best. And they're like, oh. no, kung fu's the best. But a disruptive technology comes through where guy in a bathrobe just wrestles you and he yeah. fucks everything up. Well, that's disrupting what you think the norm was. So when a disruptive technology comes through, it forces everyone else to change. And one of two things happens. Either you adapt and you get better and you learn how to change with that, or you go extinct because when things are disrupting, it fucks up the ecosystem. It changes the entire playing field. And when you say disruptive technology, uh, to me, my lights go off because that is a very key word in anything we did. If I was to come here and just instantly drop a bomb on you about, I don't know, whatever, say I had all the election information or I had this, what would it do? It would change how you thought about the world and how you have to go about it. And technology is one of the biggest things, I think, because we're all here because of all the technological advancements. I mean, we're all, you live in these little communities. You all have a job you can go to. You get your gas pumped. You have a car to go in. All these things are technologies that were built off the past technologies. And so everything disrupted the system. And so if you take a hierarchical, hierarchical graph of compounding technologies, it would have to show that we're at the most complex. So therefore, the dis most disruption has to be occurring now than it did in the past. Fuck yeah. I love the way you said that. Yeah. That, was, that was good. Um, <clears throat> there, that's, uh, that's tough to follow. Jordan. Well, there's, it's, it's, I go back, right? And I may be one of those motherfuckers that's going to be extinct. And, you know, that's what it is. I, I always joke Coloring about, books are not going away. You'll be fine. Well, thank God. Thank God. No, well, I mean, I just look at, like, tools and things that I enjoy. And for whatever reason, all of this stuff is happening. And there's there's AI doing all this different shit. And there's chat GT or GPT. GTP. Hell yeah. The fuck. There's, there's the... Um, I, I've used it uh, where you can, you can describe a picture that you want. Dude, those are nuts. And, it, like... Like mid dream or mid mid something or yep. another. There's yep. You you just type it in. You go okay. I want a a caveman drinking a beer on the mountain with snow, and all of a sudden it fucking makes an image. And then the more you want it to look a certain way, you just start adding and describing what you want. And then all of a sudden it's doing all this crazy shit and making it more how you want it. That kind of technology and that's AI just making I was just it. man if they ever connect that to our brains it could be a problem because you'd literally just get one long print out of like boobs yeah just big boobs. titties everywhere <laughs> boobs <laughs> boobs can't get past my titty firewall <laughs> yeah but my my problem is like what actually goes on in their brain well there's something about all that shit that I just I just don't like and I I want a fucking sharp knife and a fucking to sit by a fire hang on that so is, I got a question oh yeah 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 getting away from, like because we are not techno, like we're organisms and we're not electronic fucking tech, right? So there's something mm. about getting back to our base. I our mean, brain's yeah. binary, though. Yeah, it's not right. analog. I know. We right. are a meat computer, though. Yeah. yeah. That's why there's something so interesting about how we're evolving towards this stuff. But we are drawn toward basic shit, I think. Because yeah. I, to your point, I I bought that uh, Grandsforsbrook uh, little hatchet thing. 
Yep. Oh. It's, it's a sweet hatchet. And uh, I, I had it with me snowshoeing the other day. And I was like, I was looking at it, and I was like, man, this is like, this is my favorite possession. I have, I have a few prized possessions, and it's like the twenty two rifle that my dad gave me when I turned 12. This, this, this hatchet. Yeah. And a, uh, a hunting knife that I got from my granddad. Yeah. That's made out of like really high quality steel. So these are all like really basic pieces of equipment, but I just, they just fucking love them. Well, and it's at the, at the lowest level, that is what you need to maintain life. Yeah. Right. You need fire, you need heat. It's, it's Maslow's uh, or Maslow's, uh, hierarchical pyramid. principles yeah. of F- food, survival. water, shelter are the base. And then the next level up is, is safety and security. And before you can get into like the upper levels, which philosophy is like the peak, you can't sit around and think about philosophy if your food, water, shelter is not fulfilled. Yeah. Right. Yep. So you, you have to fulfill all these base needs before you can hope to move into the upper echelons. Which is which is interesting because like we we go hunting and we think and we're doing all this different shit and then it's like, oh, we're just kind of pretending out here. Yeah. We're hunting. We're hunting. We're gonna kill an animal. But you're like, not. You're oh. not pretending though. You're using the advantages of people before you. Just like I said, my family learned to put cheese on a pie. Now that's gonna be your favorite way of doing it. Think of like being a hunter. A hunter, right? And we're gonna go throw a spear and we want to stab an animal. So say we have a projectile on the front of our spear that's tied to the point of it, and this flint piece this rock just has one spear tip it's just a normal tip like a triangle right but then someone else so you you kill that animal right and it took a lot of times you had to throw your spear in multiple times and it fell out and you threw it in again and but finally you got something and then someone had a different spear the next time you went and instead of just being a straight line it had little chunks out of it so when you threw that spear in and then you pulled it out, those chunks would make it catch and rip and tear more and bleed more, right? So just the same way as something as simple as a tool like that as a spear, now just by putting a couple holes in it, you have a technological advancement. Yeah. But I, I'm, I guess I like thinking I live in the, like, I like things that are in the physical world. Like, I like mechanics. I like... Yeah. I like knives. I oh, like bro. The, bows, the hours I, like... I spent trying to figure out how to get this podcast live on the serv- like Spotify and uh, the the various hosting services mm-hmm. drove me fucking insane. And I was like, thank God I do construction for a living because I can't stand this. I cannot fucking stand this keyboard and the screen and dealing with this shit. And I am so grateful that I use pliers and wrenches and... Yeah, there's there's something Hand about for about the 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 physical that I'm missing in all of this technology, and that's what kind of worries me, or not even worries me. It's just something that like I look at and I go, I don't really enjoy this, and maybe it's because I'm not taking the time to understand it and and really dive deep into it because I'd yeah. rather spend my time sharpening a fucking knife. Okay, so you know let I mean? me keep comparing. Okay. So I'm just trying to say the way that we think of technology is how we put it into our life and stuff like that. So let's take, what do you know about the Amish? I know a few things about the Amish. One, they make great butter. I was just going to say, won't they ask you to like come mate their women so that they can get some... Yeah, it's because I'm not vaccinated. Some genetic diversity. That's another point. (laughs) That's not... For another podcast. Yeah. Yeah. So Uh, we're all going to Pennsylvania. Yeah, we'll we'll see you soon, Seamus. (laughs) 
shit, dude. Um, yeah, but um, <laughs> should, should I tell him afterwards that I've been sterilized? Yeah. yeah. Oh, by the way. <laughs> right. Um. So Amish, like, okay. So we all know Amish don't really use electricity, right? Not don't really. I think like never, right? Mm, let's well, yeah, get we don't in. have to, we don't have to worry about them here. Oh, this are they let's right? let's are they get cheating? into the nuance of it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I know, right? Yeah, they're not going to hear this if they're uh, true to their cause. <laughs> yeah, Jeb and I heard yeah. it on Spotify. Uh, so that one, didn't you? The the Amish will use electricity in certain ways. So they don't use it a lot of ways because they said, "Listen, when we start, Amish are very open to new technologies." What their idea is, is to first use it in as much as possible to see what benefits it brings from you. Once you see how it correlates to your family, to your life and your daily, you know, minutia, then we'll decide whether we keep it or we lose it. But they're very open to new technologies. Amish kind of turned down electricity a lot because they found themselves not being true to what they thought were values of life that they needed to go through. If you're in a home and you're staying up late watching TV or you have lights on that keeps you from being in your circadian rhythm to be like, it's dark now when I need to go to bed, they started to banish a lot of electronics. Now, a big thing you don't know is that Amish are one of the biggest people that use air pneumatic tools not only use air pneumatic tools but invent new air pneumatic tools oh, shit. because in their idea electricity is keeping that light on it's doing all this but if i'm harnessing the power of the wind what's uh, that doing yeah. it's driving a nail in yep. it's pushing this ratchet that moves a bolt for me yeah. so you'll find huge amish communities that use air tools Okay. powered by electric generators because the air is the tool that they're actually using yeah. to get air. Well, that's a generator and that's something and else. Compressor, generator and a yeah, compressor. but I'm just using this compressor. Because the so, compressor doesn't have like a diminishing effect on society. No, it doesn't use that technology. Well, it doesn't captivate people. It doesn't cause their kids to sit around and stare at an air compressor. It's, exactly, you know I mean? exactly. So that's kind of the point of where I'm going with all this is like, we kind of seem to be coming back to technology and what we do like and don't like and why we like it and don't like it. So thinking of that Amish question uh, in that same spirit, I'm asking you guys, I guess, or not asking, but I'm just bringing this point up that, you know, why do we deem certain things better or certain things bad? Why are some things more rewarding to us like a hatchet or working with our hands where is other things aren't, as rewarding i think it's the tangibility of what you produce so like jordan and i both are electricians and when we're done with a day's work you have something that you can look at like you can see this big pipe rack of of um, electrical conduit that you've put in and like you put some effort into making everything match so it's nice like concentric lines and it it's pleasing to the eye whereas where i spent hours fighting my way through uploading that. fucking uploading a podcast trying to figure that shit out at the at the end of the night i'm like but well i turned my computer off and 
nothing has changed in my in my in my physical world in which I live in. Nothing has changed. Now I'm I'm just I'm out three hours of sleep. But see now exactly that's it. But I'm it. getting likes. But that's it. Yeah. No, no, no. Exactly. <laughs> that's it. You've got this one building that you guys are working to make it look pretty and look well. And how many people does that function for? Maybe five hundred. Are you talking on the construction crew? Yeah. Probably like 300 on a 300. big, on, on a big project. It, you'll have total, like that includes all trades and. And then, okay. So exactly. So you're directly affecting 300 people possibly daily with people coming in and out of the hospital. There's probably more. Oh no, they'll never see what we do. It's no, all, it's all, very, it's, yeah, it's all, no, no, no. it's in an electric room in or in a, in a drop shit. ceiling. But they need that electricity to yes. run that no, no, hospital. No, no. It's more the satisfaction of stepping back at the end of the day or the end of the week, or even now, like I'll go into the, uh, I don't want to say the name of the hospital, but I'll go into the big, uh, there's three main electric rooms in the basement. And I ran the crew that put in the service and all the switch gear and all the big uh, conduit and wire. And I'll look up at that ceiling and I'm like, holy fuck. I don't know if you had, like when we were first starting this project and I was looking at the blueprints, I thought, man, I don't know that we can make this work. And yeah. we did. And now every once in a while I'll cruise through there just to look at that ceiling and be like, God damn. But not only is that appealing to you because you saw what you physically did with your hands and how it came out, but there's got to also be some form of gratification knowing that people are going to be able to do their jobs to make money off of the things that you did. It's providing electricity for a hospital. It's saving patients. It's making a difference in the world. Now, that same thing might directly affect 300 people daily that work there and then say the couple hundred people per day that are a patient, right? So over the course of time, maybe you affect 10,000 people a year doing what you're doing. But say what we're doing here, just by talking and putting things out there, we got our 14 listeners now. Love you guys. But then <laughs> as, as time goes on, what if it compounds? And the people that like Greg's thing that are like, Hey man, it gave me a purpose and meeting. It gave me something to do. It gave me something to look for, to strive for, to listen to, to help me through my shitty day. My marriage was falling apart. My brother was dying. That has an impact. So it's weird how sometimes things can seem less heavy. Whereas you get more gratification through what you're doing physically but sometimes the things where it's like this, where you get a leg up, where technology helps you, it provides an amplifier, a megaphone for you to do this yeah. kind of stuff. Yeah, I, I definitely see what you're saying. As far I mean, think of the the guys that made this and gave us this ability, right? Like, yeah, they were. Do you think that that was on their mind? Like, I'm gonna yes, I'm yes, creating yes. this thing, and I'm gonna fucking. Give the ability. I'm going to make the Rodecaster Pro. And yeah. I'm going to fucking make it to where, you know, any motherfucker. Kozak is going to be sitting on a microphone. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. And just yeah. It's spewing no, a bunch I, of. Actually, I, I'll push back against that because. I don't. To me, it's like, I don't care who listens to this. Again. Like, oh, I, like but I'm, we do. I, I was thank you. Word of <laughs> <laughs> I love you, Mom. Yeah. Uh, I was wore out like from the week and the weekend and I've got a busy week coming up and shit. I'm, I'm going to, it's four o'clock in the afternoon. I'm getting out of bed in 12 hours. Yeah. And I was like, God dang it. I got so much. And I was like, fuck guys want to record this afternoon. And I was like, you know what? I don't want to miss that. Like I like this time. This, yeah. this to me, like yeah. I don't care who yeah. listens to this. 
because this two hours is valuable to me. Like just sitting here talking, having like, again, if nobody listens to this, this conversation was still worthwhile. Yeah. Yeah. Agreed. I, I, uh, that's the tangible part of it is that we're getting together and having a real conversation. Yeah. Yeah. I I completely agree with that. It's weird too. Like just by doing something like that, it, because, I mean, I feel like we all take in a bit of news and information and try and do stuff. But when you try and articulate your thoughts or put them out there, it can be a little fuzzy or hazy or you just think the way that you think of that idea. So it's nice bouncing it off of other people and being like, hey, do you think the world could work this way? Yeah. And you lay it out. And it one, it gives you direct feedback as to the person's like you're full of shit and that sounds bad and two it helps formulate that idea even more people bit into it they bought into it do i keep going down this road do i back up and go down a different road i mean having friends or people you can just talk to is biofeedback i mean how often i mean you lushes we're talking about being hung over. You ever been to a bar <laughs> and like s- someone will just like start talking to you and you're like, buddy, we're not talking. You're talking at me, but yeah. we're not talking. Yeah. And just being able to talk and really bounce ideas in a safe place is always nice. <laughs> I, I also, I got to back up to, cause I was listening to episode one where you, you said something about like stupid people talk about people and smart yeah. people talk about events. Yeah. And great people talk about ideas. ideas. I like the fact that you guys like to talk about ideas. And that's yeah. that's what keeps me coming back in here because I get so annoyed with I shoot myself in the foot here because of training Northwest, but people really want to talk to me about guns. And I don't enjoy talking about guns that much. I like talking about ideas and history. Yeah. That's that's my two favorite things to yeah. talk about is history and ideas. Yeah, same. And I don't want to talk about guns, and I don't want to talk about equipment. And dude, gun people. No offense, gun people are the fucking worst. I went to the gun <laughs> training store. northwest llc.com. <laughs> no, 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 no. You guys, you're yes. into training. You're not into selling. The guys that sell you the gun are the worst because you're like. I'm looking for some personal defense. Uh, maybe a nine millimeter. <laughs> a nine millimeter to stop someone. I mean, you probably need at least a forty-five or a forty. Are you even a man, dude? It's the worst. Have, have you seen that Dave Chappelle? No. Oh, oh man, God. where he's he's like maybe somebody's walking across my yard and with the gun and he just waves at me and I had no gun. You know what am I going to do? And then he goes to the gun store and he, he's like, I, I'm going to get a a shotgun. You know, and he goes. What kind of bullets do I need? And he's like, oh, these take shells. And he's like, some buckshot and some bird, bird shot. And then he's like, that won't kill a man. <laughs> and then he asked me, you know, what uh, what shells do I need? And he rattles the buckshot. Yeah. <laughs> yeah just like, I don't know, uh, funny. Dude. Anyway. Gun dorks are the worst, man. Yeah. They yeah, start complaining good. about bullets. Yeah. Sizing and casing, oh, dude. 40, 40 caliber versus nine millimeter, or uh, AR versus. Shut the fuck up. Here's and here's the thing about training Northwest and why it's a little different from a lot of what's out there, or at least where I'm trying to go is. Yeah, I'm teaching you how to function your weapon. I won't talk to you a lot about like I don't care if you show up with iron sights or if you show up with the fanciest shit. It doesn't fucking matter. What I what I'm trying to preach is, it's more about you. 
and your training and your abilities. And it's, it's not just the gun. It's your physical fitness. It's your mindset. It's your, it's your spirit. It's, it's your package. It's your technical ability. Yeah. You can't, you can't just think like, all right, I got the hottest gun on the market and the newest optic and whatever ammo. So I'm set to go. You're not, it's, that's just one part of, like you said, the package. It's, it's a weapon system. It's not one piece. And you, the human equipment operator, are a far more important piece of that system than the piece of metal you're holding in your two hands. So what we're trying to focus on out there is you, the, the operator, the, the equipment operator, and also like the ideas of how to, you know, it, 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 that, that uh, clip I put up this morning where I'm talking to you guys about, uh, you know, what, what is your enemy going to be doing? Like everybody focuses on flat range shooting, and I got to get my shot timer out and see how fast I can draw out of my holster and fire the shot to the center of the A target. And it's like, all right, I guess that's great if you get into a battle on a flat range yeah. with an enemy who's standing full profile 25 yards away from you. But that's probably never going to happen. Well, that's where you start, right? It you is. Know, well, gotta, it, gotta... it, there is value there. There is value yeah. there in learning, like, the basic movements. Um, but you have to – so many people think that flat range – Shooting is combat shooting, and it is not. It's yeah. it's it's a step up from going to a local range and renting a bay where you can you can't draw from your holster and you can only fire one round every two three seconds, three seconds yeah. or two seconds or something. Yeah, I compare it to like um, and all train. And here's the other thing: like before, I like sound like I'm tooting my horn too much. All training is make believe. There is no such thing as training that is not make-believe because otherwise we'd have to actually shoot at you and nobody would pay to come out there and be shot at. Um, yeah. So what I'm trying to do is, is make it the most, the most mentally engaging so yeah. that people actually have to think about... Uh, I'm trying to focus on what your opponent is doing. Level, level one is all about running the gun. And basic safety. You being familiar with your yes. gun. Yeah. As we, as we get into levels two and three, I'm really going to drill down on not what you are doing. Well, yeah, some of what you are doing. But the reason for what you are doing is what is your opponent doing? Because they have a say in this fight, too. Yeah. Um, Something that grabs me instantly with this is striking more so than anything else. Like, grappling is kind of a different thing you're both already engaged but with striking it when i teach new people i'm like all right hit this bag or hit these mitts these focus mitts we're working and it's like all right you got your jab real good you got your cross your hooks are awesome your uppercuts are lo looking good okay so this guy's been doing striking and you've been doing striking now i want you both put mouth guards in and to spar lightly and when you see two people sparring for their first time... It goes to 100% real fast. It goes to 100%, but everything gets thrown out the window. Because it's like you said, you train on a flat range. I'm ready for this flat range. Well, yeah. now my enemy or my opponent is coming at an angle. What the fuck do I do? And you yeah. go into panic mode. Yep. And that is, I think, an exact correlation of teaching someone... Trying to expose as much as possible to get ready for the ultimate event, the ultimate fight, the, you know, whatever yeah. it is, yeah. what you train for. And then when you actually do it are always two different things. Yes. And I, I think that along those lines, anybody who is, you know, there, there's a lot of guys who are really into all this, uh, you know, firearms training and that's good. Like you should be, it's, it's a great tool to have in your tool belt, but you guys 
are really fucking up if you're not going to some sort of judo, jujitsu, boxing, kickboxing, like an actual combat sport. Because just like Mike, uh, Mike just articulated it perfectly. You and uh, back to what I was saying about all all range training is pretend. At a judo gym or a jujitsu gym, it's 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 real until you tap. Like you can go. It's it's a actual fight until the moment that you tap, and then you can reset and actually fight again. And it's. A, it's a great way to sort of uh, nurture your warrior spirit, but it also gets you used to the idea of you can lose a fight. Like, you think that you're going, like, man, I got my new 1911 and this kick-ass holster and some mag pouches, and I'm going to go for Nobody can stop I'm gonna, me. I'm going to go win the day like Call of Duty. Like, oh, no. Yeah. you you got to learn what it's like to lose a fight. And uh, that that's a, when, when you, re- like, because if someone has you in neon belly and is, like, pressing into your diaphragm, you're actually suffocating in real time and you have to fight that urge. It's also great for your moral courage because you have to tell yourself, no, 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 I I'm suffocating, but I have, I've got, I've got two minutes. I've got two minutes. I can be- endure before I, I have two minutes to figure this out before I actually die. Yeah. And uh, so I'm, I'm going to have to, you know, get a shrimp, you know, buck and shrimp and try to figure out some breathing space. And this sucks. But but it, it it puts you in that position where you're actually confronting some of the, your your lizard brain doesn't know that you're in a jujitsu gym and you can tap out your your logical brain does, no. but your lizard your lizard brain is like hey brud we're dying we're, your emotions we, your anxiety exactly. your, all your base levels traits exactly yeah. and I think that's really critical for guy if for all these guys who want to be commando warriors off their uh, you know out of their lazy boy armchair, <laughs> fuck dude. Call of Duty is Call of Duty and range training isn't going to cut it. You got to go another level deeper and get into some sort of martial art gym so that th- you can understand what it's. I think understanding what it's like to lose is really important, and I also think that for me, uh, you know, as as you know, now doing this instruction with training Northwest, it's been really valuable to be a beginner in jujitsu and to un- go back to understand like. I, I know what it's like to be a beginner and I know what it's like to lose. So that, that actually good. increases my ability as an instructor. Yeah. I mean, I think what we're kind of just talking about is vulnerability. I mean, so many of people in society are like, yeah, I got a great job. I do this. My family thinks I'm the best. I'm the, it's like, you can get comfortable. You get very comfortable. And if you really want to be the best at something, don't you have to examine it from all sides? And part of examining it is like, what is it like to suck? What is it like to be unproficient in something? That's that's as much of the reason why I wanted to do this podcast with you guys as anything yeah. else. Because the way I talk. Am I a is, black belt? No, boy, you got, you're a black belt. <laughs> so many fucking ways. I, I no, it's, it's, it's a... You guys listen to a bunch of white belts on a microphone. Right? Yeah, yeah. Well, 100%. This one for sure, right? Like, I, I'm not articulate in certain ways, and I, I just talk and fucking... So as, as we've been having conversations and this whole thing is getting bigger, I'm learning where my, you know efficiencies are in talking right and it's not there i like that little fucking mumble i just did you know <laughs> yeah, what i mean like yeah, yeah. it's like oh you're a fucking trying to get what i'm thinking out onto uh it's a microphone it's, yeah. it's very difficult for yeah. me yeah and you with know? the training northwest uh, youtube channel like i feel like a fucking moron so i'll, I'll be talking to the i'm like just just stop it i turn it off i can't do this yeah retry retry yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I feel yeah. like a complete idiot but then some of them people like. So I don't know. I, and the reality is anything you want to get good at, 
you got to do. You have to start at the beginning. Just do it. And you have to be bad at it. It's about reps. And one of my favorite my favorite quotes, and I'm paraphrasing, is Dave Grohl talking about how they became Nirvana. And he said, uh-huh. we were, we bought, we, we had no money, so we bought shitty instruments at garage sales, and we practiced in our friend's garage, and we were terrible. He's, but he's like, but we just loved playing music, so we kept yeah. practicing, and we kept practicing, and we saved some money, and we bought some better instruments, and we kept practicing, and then we were Nirvana. Yeah. Like, like, you know what I mean? You just, they sucked. Yeah. And they just kept at it. And then they became the biggest band in the world. Yeah. Yeah. Um, that's my whole jujitsu philosophy. Yeah. Like some, that's, some that's people everything. will Every, say. That's literally everything. Like people. Yeah. It's, again, with training, people will email and be like, yo, man, what did you do to get fit? I said, I started. Yeah. And then I kept going. Well, not only like, started, like I failed. Like some people might say I'm good. And it's like, how'd you get good? You constantly work on that thing. It's like. No, motherfucker. I've been submitted in every position you could imagine in your entire life. Yes. Probably a million times. Yes. Yeah. yeah, and I just keep coming back because I'm like, oh, I learned a little something off of that. Yeah. But if it was like I tap someone every time, yeah. it's like, dude, my it's, whole thing is like, if I'm a black belt, I should be good in any position. You should have your butt cheeks spread on my face sitting on top of me. And I should know the perfect counter. Shout out, Danielle. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I should know her perfect counter to get her, you know? And it's like, so to get good at that position, that means you've had to been subjected to it. Yes. Did you Mul- win multiple, right away? Multiple times. Right? Exactly. So did you win right away? Fuck no. Up. I lost. I lost. I lost. I lost. In college, I didn't get a takedown for three months. Right? Or and two s- months. You know, whatever. Yeah. But that's after... 15 years of fucking the sport. And so that's where it makes me mad sometimes when people are like insanity is doing the same thing over and over and expecting different results. Yes. I get what that means where you're supposed to tweak it and do things, but no, you can't can't give up. You can't insanity is not doing the same thing over and over and expecting different results. Insanity is doing the same thing over and over and over and over until you get the results that you want through going through those little diversities. You're learning on the spot to be great at anything. You have to fail on your face over and over until you failed so many fucking times that failure isn't an option. I figured out every other way. I had a a wrestling coach. She used to tell us a story and he'd go, you know, when the gold rush happened, there was a family and there was a man who he was he knew he was destined to go get gold. So he, he got all the way to Oregon and he got a plot of land and he started digging for gold. And he dug and he dug and he dug. And his his family came out, you know, and they have this land and they're working the land and they're digging and they're digging and they're digging. And then a year goes by and still they got a little little bit of gold here and there, but then they lose it. You know, or the, you know, there's not enough to keep going. Yeah. He keeps going. He keeps going. His family has to tap out. They're like, hey, we lost everything we own. We're down to weeks of living because we don't have food. You know, we got to go. Like, so his family leaves him. He stays there. He keeps digging. He keeps digging. He keeps digging. He, pretty soon, like, he's getting letters back from home. And like, you know, we, we need you. And he, finally, he just goes, you know what? Fuck it. I'm going to sell my, my plot. He sells his plot. And the next guy who gets it digs three feet and hit the biggest gold vein in Oregon State history. Straight yeah. luck. What's that? Straight luck. Yeah. Fuck. It's like, fuck. but where that other guy gave up, 
the next dude, it was just his beginning. But that's yeah. what I mean. You yeah. know, it's like you're you're right there. You never yeah. know when you're fucking right there. So it's it's really hard to give up on things and and walk away from it with being happy. You yeah. Know, you no, you never walk away from something giving up and are happy about it. You're not happy, but you have a different cognitive understanding of what happened. Say you didn't continue digging, but you know what it takes to run a gold mine, what it's to, you know, to do all the operations. I think you got to ask yourself, is gold mining something you want to do? Because again, like this podcast, like Training Northwest, neither may ever be profitable, but they feel like I enjoy doing it. It's there. There's never a moment where I'm like, I don't want to do this anymore. No, it it feels good to do it. Like it's it's uh, personally satisfying and fulfilling. Yeah, and if if you are doing something that's personally satisfying and fulfilling, it it will probably never get old. It's See, like, but you've you've chased the dragon beyond a hump. Where I feel so many people are like, I just need to feel hard. good or I want something. It's like no, you've achieved. A but level that, of success yeah, in career and hobbies. Looking that, that's looking for that quick fix, though. And that's, that's yeah. again, like, takes me back to, like, martial arts. Like, get in a gym because it's going to hurt. The first six months were excruciating. Like, I would I would not sleep at night because I was in so much pain. Like, yeah. And then you learn to relax a little bit so that you're not tensing every muscle in your body for 90 minutes. Yeah. And you get over that hump, and you're not in so much pain. And you're like, oh, I'm, I, I'm still losing, but I'm improving i'm losing less yeah. yeah yeah and now i'm i'm two and a half years in and i lose to most people in the gym but i also walk around society and i look around and there's nobody in the grocery store i lose to yeah there, there's nobody at my kids school I, or <laughs> obviously not the kids but there's there's no parent of <laughs> the kids there is no adult i interact with outside this gym who yeah. i lose to well but there, there's something that's really nice about that and just it feels good. But, yeah. like, just as far as what we were, you know, to what you were saying as far as hobbies and things like that, like, you don't necessarily need jujitsu to, like, have that. I personally, I'm biased as hell because I think having jujitsu and a physical altercation and having somebody else have a say in what's going on and I get to assert dominance or be dominant. Like there's, there's that struggle. I, I enjoy yeah. that. But like, there's, there's so many other things you can, you can use for uh, discipline and things like that, that like just having hobbies. There's so yeah. many people out in the world right now that just, they don't have fucking hobbies. Yeah. yeah. You know, whether Actually, it be fucking beekeeping and making fucking mead yeah. or, yeah. you know, just I- anything. Like, because it, you're right. It does take uh discipline to, to keep the bees alive or even like, yeah. We, we kind of like bag on CrossFit a little bit just because they're in the same building, but Losers. almost. Yeah, <laughs> but the reality is, like, I I was doing a circuit workout this morning in my garage, and midway through that, you want your inner bitch is like, you know what? Take it easy, take it easy on this next set, and you have to fight that and be like, no. Or I'm doing, uh, uh, I'm calling it solstice training or the solstice challenge through Training Northwest, where I'm trying to get my uh, three mile time down to a seven minute pace, a 21 minute, three mile by, by the summer solstice, June 21st. And if you go run hard and push yourself, like your inner bitch is like, just slow down, just slow down, just slow down. You have to be, you have to be mentally strong enough. And again, moral, moral courage right here to tell yourself, no, we're going to hurt. We're going to hurt for the next 21 minutes and it's okay. 
and uh, you, you can get there a lot of different ways, but you have to do something that's difficult where your inner bitch tells you to stop and wants you to stop and where you have to consciously fight it and say, mm-hmm. no, no, we're not stopping. We're finishing this. And so, yeah, yeah, CrossFit or any kind of workout, like I'm telling you, a hard run can push you to the limits of... of uh, exhaustion. Of, yeah, <laughs> well, not physical exhaustion, but like mental exhaustion. Yeah. And so there's a lot of... Like, again, folks listening at home, you got to get off your couch and you got to go do something that challenges yourself and you have to do it daily. Otherwise you just end up this bitter shell of like flabby meat suit that, that is unfulfilled and unsatisfied and you'll just end up bitter at the world. Yeah. I, I a hundred percent agree. And it wasn't until I found little projects like there, I, I redid my roof right, right before worlds last October should should redo your kitchen. I, I should redo my kitchen. At some point, I will uh, working on it. But I redid my fucking roof, right? So I've never never roofed before and ripped off the roof and started. And it was just like, here we fucking go. And there's something about getting that done. Yeah, no idea what you're doing, but just starting it anyway yeah. and then figuring it well, out and as knowing, you go. Like, we got to get it done now. Yeah. There's no, yeah. there's no fucking There's no going back. Yeah. Back and against the wall. Yeah, burnt the fucking boats and just got it done. And that was... Yep. There's something to having a project that you're taking and you take it seriously because it's like, hey, I've just ripped the fucking roof off my house. There ain't no nothing more serious than going the fucking rainy season's coming. This is fucking September. Here we go. You know, so like having having that and, and being into it. I don't give a fuck what it is. You know, if you're into something and you're willing to really go 100 percent into it and it's. I think it's personally easier with jujitsu and wrestling and things like that because you have somebody else there and because, they're, they're pushing been, you. Well, we've been athletes too since like grade school. So for us, it's easy to show up at practice. Like to us showing up at practice, that's just normal life. Yeah. You, you you go to work, then you go to practice. You used to go to school, then you went to practice. Like I've been a gym rat since seventh grade. Yeah. So it's easy for me to show up at a gym to do hard things. Yeah. Um, but for some people, it's very foreign. Well, and I was just I was just telling Chandra, I was like, my, my girlfriend, I was telling her, I need to find something, not to say that I'm fucking great at fucking jujitsu and the best fucking wrestler in the world, but... Mike, Mike took a to, sneaky pee break, I'm going to take one. To, Go for it. To, to find something that I am a white belt in completely. Yeah. And that's kind of what this is, you know, this this talking on a fucking microphone and hoping people can... <laughs> you know, understand my ideas that I'm trying to articulate. It's like fucking completely foreign to me. Yeah. Um, so. Yeah. yeah. But I feel like, um, like martial arts is a bit of an expression. Like Bruce Lee said it very well. He's like, dude, you fight a guy and you'll know who he is. Like if I go for you for the first time and you just start doing sneaky shit and like palming me in the face and stuff, it's like after 30 seconds, I'll know who you are. Right. And through doing that, it's like, yeah, there's a lot of self-expression in it and wanting to do new things that are vulnerable and stuff like that. It's like, one, it's self-expression. You're learning how to present and broadcast yourself as a person. But two, it's also like you're learning at the same time who you are and where you are. Because so many people think they live up here and it's like, I'm the greatest at this ever. And then they try it and they realize they're not the best. 
So when you're constantly trying to do things that are new and humbling to you, it's kind of like a grounding force. It's something that keeps you in line with, yes, I know my skills are good in this, and I'll be honest with it, but I know they're not great in these other things. And it's like just like being a wrestler or jiu-jitsu practitioner. You want to know where your game is weak. So why? So you can fix it. So you can try and start nudging yourself in the direction that helps make you better. And every time you want to get better, what is it? It's doing something I don't like doing, I'm uncomfortable with, because it's not what I excel at naturally. Yeah, but finding, finding those things is, I think, hard. Finding, finding for me, finding those things, not to say I'm fucking great at everything. No, no, find, no, 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 no. Just finding something yeah. to like put my time into. Put your energy into. Um, it's, it's hard to go, okay, I want to do this. I'm interested in this and I'm going to fucking fully immerse myself in this. Because right now with, you know, with my schedule and everything I have going, it's like, I'm not going to, I'm not going to give up jujitsu. Yeah. I'm not going to give up coaching wrestling. I'm not going to give up, you know, any of that shit. Yeah. So to find the other other aspects of life that I can pursue. Yeah. It's, it's tough. Um, and then when, when they're there, it's like to make it a hobby. Like I, I'm, I, after, after going to Stanaway's last week in recording over there, <laughs> yeah, I fucking first thing I did when I got home made a, one of those Hugo cultures. Oh, did you really? Oh yeah. Oh I fuck fucking, yeah. Yeah. Cause I cut, I had a tree. So is your apple tree gone now? No, 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 no. Cause <laughs> we're making me fuck. No, after, after Tyler, <laughs> Tyler was telling me about, uh, his fucking, uh, he had a buddy that cut down an apple tree. He was like, what the fuck are you doing that? Yeah. Then started telling me about, uh, what, what, when you fucking add another apple, Oh, know, grafted on. Grafting thing. Yeah. So the grafting thing, it's like, oh, well, fucking looks like I'm going to start grafting. <laughs> yeah. You know what I mean? I got a fucking tree in the back that makes apples. I'm going to start grafting some good shit on it. Oh, yeah. So, yeah, I'm going to catch me fucking grabbing branches out of an orchard, you know, in eastern Washington, get in trouble for that. But either way, uh, you know, I'm going to start gardening. I want to do the bee thing. I'm going to start, you know, working, get chickens. The, these are those kind of things I think are going to, You've got a good space for chickens. Bit, bit of, and you uh, need to get your pheasants for yeah. your bird dog. Yeah. You know it's, what? Yeah. That's another thing that could be uh, like a nice little business side venture is Jordan's pheasants. Yeah. Yeah. Making pheasants and fucking. <laughs> I was blown away. He, was like, he's, he's, he goes, I need to get a pheasant that I can teach my dog with. And I was like, how do you teach it? And he's like, you just shove it into an it. air can and then you fire it out of a fuck. I was like, shut the fuck up. Hang on a minute. You put a like pheasant a, a bird it. launcher. I've never seen, I've never seen Tobin laugh so hard. Dude, I, I was blown away. I was like, <laughs> hang like on. A fucking bird you're going to raise pheasants so that you can put them into an air can and, and fire them out into it's, a field for your dog to chase. And he's like straight faced as fuck. He's like, yeah, hundred <laughs> percent. Yeah, it's not an air cannon, guys. It's it's a little fucking spring assisted. Fucking oh, excuse little, me. It's it's a mechanical cannon. Pump. Yeah, it's a trebuchet. No, <laughs> you hit a you hit a perfect point because you said like after going to his place, you did that, and I remember I never really thought about this until. I remember I was doing Greg's podcast and we we're just talking about like people being better than you and what it means. Can I have one of your, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. your organi- back, organic back non-GMO sports waters? 
There's Thank a, you. More in that bag over there, hazies. If you of chiladas or no hazy hazy IPAs. Oh no, I, more of these. This is an electrolyte these? drink. No, 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 no. It's oh. right, right behind you. This is this is electric North Jiu-Jitsu. We don't drink beer here. This little crumple thing no. is delicious, man. Oh, that was that was disgusting. Yeah, oh, dude, it tastes like a cobbler. Yeah, cobbler. We got it. yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's, it's delicious. Um, no, but uh, talking with Greg, like we're talking about, like people that are doing better than you, and maybe you're close to them or something. But when you go and you see what they're doing, and you're like, man, you're fucking killing it. Yes, and it almost it doesn't hurt. But it makes you feel like you could be doing a little bit more with what you have doing. Oh, Sometimes no, it it's, lights it's, a fire. It's so motivating. Like, yeah. So Greg and uh, uh, Andy, Greg Anderson, so in the Army, we called him Andy. So Andy and Lappin, you know, they rolled out the, uh, the Fieldcraft Jiu-Jitsu program the other day, and it just made me so happy because I look at the momentum. Like, we're sitting right now at Electric North Jiu-Jitsu, and this place has been here for a long time, and it was nothing, right? And then 2020 happened, and the momentum started growing here. This this is the epicenter of, I think, something great. And what's coming, like, you look at, like, what we're doing, what Will is doing with his, uh, you know, yeah. he's got a great eye yeah, for photography yeah. and videography. Uh, shout out uh, No Tell Willie Project and anybody who's looking like if somebody needs professional photography or videography, our buddy Will is all over that shit. He's mm-hmm. really good at it. Very good. Um, but there, there's and Ty, and what Tyler's doing with uh, you know the the Compassionate Viking podcast and his own little farm and whatnot. Like there's a lot of momentum coming out of here. Yeah, and it's really fun to watch and, and really feeding. exciting to watch. Yeah, and it's it's goddamn it, it just makes me feel good. Yeah, like I feel really positive, and I love seeing the success of all the people around me and being in the midst of all of that and uh, just the the vibration in in this gym is so incredible. And everybody here, like we're going places. I, I believe that to my core. That Without question. that the I've. Being part of this and having it not be a crab of pots or a, a, a pot of crabs pull, yeah. pulling each other back down into the fucking yeah. pot, right? Yeah. That's not this place at all. No. Like everybody is lifting each other. Yes. Like, I mean, we talked about this podcast, and I'll be honest, like, I like it being not a speaker, and I felt kind of silly a little bit. I'm like, oh, we're going to do a podcast. Like, oh, cool. I mean, it'll be fun. I- I'm going to enjoy it. You but make me laugh more than anyone, Jordan. When <laughs> yeah. you talk, dude, you're the hang fun. On, hang on. I love you it. You guys don't know this I yet. I giggle. But the op- no, nobody's heard episode two yet because it's not on the web, but the opening 10 seconds of episode two <laughs> are going to become our new intro. And it's, <laughs> it's, it's this fucking guy right here. And it's so good. I'll it's have so to fun. figure out a way to, I have, I'm still fighting with the computer. I got to figure out a way to cut it out and make it its own clip, but it's, it's so fucking good. But, I mean, how many people from this gym gave us encouragement? Like this is not oh, a yeah. place of like putting you, you when I walk, I no. only come Monday and Wednesday nights, yeah. but the, the end is like, I can be having a really bad day. And I'm like, fuck, I don't want to go to jujitsu. It means I'm, I've got to drive all the way up there and I'm going to get getting home late and I'm going to be tired. And I'm like, I got to go. Because I know when I walk in the door, I just feel like. Yeah. And then everybody is smiling and everybody. Like, most people, I think, I think the biggest hesitation people have to joining a gym like this is they think it's going to be a bunch of tough guys who have a chip on their shoulder. And when they see someone new come in, they're going to be like, ooh, fresh meat. We're going to beat them up. And Those are just white belts. I literally can't. I mean, I I can't speak for other gyms. I'm sure that exists out there, 
Yeah. yeah. Maybe this it's is a very from, unique gym. I've been to many. This, this, this is unique. This place this is gym. special yeah. because the people here are all about supporting each other. And like, it's tough. Like you, you're going to get some really fucking tough roll. You're going to get beat up. You're going to be sore, but people here aren't here to beat you down and hold you down. They're here to lift you up. Yeah. And they're, they're going to make you a better version of yourself. And I, I believe that to my core. And it's why this place is so special. I, to this yeah. day, Chandra thinks this fucking practice gets out at 830. <laughs> 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 we stick around so much longer. I yeah. uh, just yeah. bullshit. Yeah. Because it, yeah. it's such a good feeling and good vibe. It's and so just, good. Like, yeah, and, and Dude, my wife said the other night, like, I taught jujitsu the other night. And yeah. it's like, oh. I got here right at time for class starting and I walked up the stairs and everyone started applauding because I was on time. <laughs> you know, my wife goes, where else do you go to get this? It's like, <laughs> do you go to work and put stickers on and people start clapping for you? It's yeah, like, no man, it's, it's the home. I'm glad you brought that up. Cause that was a great class. <laughs> and Mike, you have, you have real talent as an instructor yes. and that's something you need to pursue. Whether, whether uh, yeah. it's on your own or here as a... I like teaching. I've always liked teaching. It's just, it, it doesn't accommodate my... I used to I've, do it a I've, lot more I've back only, in the day here. I've, I've been through one class that you taught, and it was A+. plus. Yep. Why, thank you. Yeah. Yeah, it's... um, And it's, it's weird, too, because... I have a different style than everyone yes, else. And that, so everyone brings their own kind of thing. And yeah. so I like when it, if someone's like, just show some moves here, that's what that is. But that's the instructor's class. A lot of, a lot of when I don't know that Spicoli. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Spicoli rolls. Spicoli. But when I get like, they're like, hey, free reign. You do it. Your class. This is your class. I, I fucking it was, love it. It was amazing. Um, and there's, and Will too. Like Will is so good with the kids. Like I can't express. Yes. Again, if you're in the Lake Stevens, Washington area and you need a kid's sport, like coach will is unbelievable with the children. He, he it, has it like this, so it's like, like toughness to drop and a fucking kid into a gorilla cage yeah. and like expect the gorilla to not fucking kill him. But he also like, <laughs> but it's, it's, he's hard on them, but then he also, at the end of the day, he, yeah, well he's hard on them, but then he'll tell them he'll, at the end of the day, he'll be like, I love you guys. And he let, and he also, you know, he'll kind of give him a little, he'll walk up behind him, give him a little prod and give him a smile and a wink. And like, he's got it down. Like, the kids they, look they, for coach Will's affirmation. Yes. yes. And yes. when, when my boys were going here, they loved him. They were like yeah. coach Will this and coach Will that. And like, I love him. He's not even yeah. my coach. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Same here. Yeah. He's got it. Yeah. He knows what he's doing yes. with him. He makes you feel good for yes. trying hard. And when I told them that he was coming out to the range or that we were going out to dinner, they're like, your friends with Coach Will? I was like, yeah, he's my friend. They're like, oh wow. Status, status, yeah, status symbol. Dad's friends with Coach Will. Yeah. All right. Well, shit, man. I think we are. Oh, uh, we're 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 at two hours. Um, hang on. So, so I, I, hang on. I I had one thought. No, you, you go. You go. Then. You go. No, you go. You go. You go. Point at each other. Hey, uh, so. We had planned on doing this episode around the book um, with. I said books, books, plural. Well, now hang on. I want so. to do what everyone likes to read, and no, this can this. just keep going on to I, the next. I one. love this, but at I, some point, I want to do it. So we're all reading, and Mike has already read the book uh, with the old breed by E. B. Sledge and on Peleliu and Okinawa. Yes, yes. Uh, and for those of you who that is not familiar with, he's a Marine who fought in World War II in the Pacific uh, campaigns. And 
it was uh, highlighted in the docu series The Pacific, Pacific. I think it was called, yeah, which yeah, is yeah. like a sister series to uh, Band of Brothers. It's about Guadalcanal and the last remaining Pacific Islands that hold out. John Baz alone. Yeah. Just I, yeah. I, the Pacific is just oh, very all, unique compared to the European theater. The Japanese were so much more ferocious. Their ability to conquer what they did. I mean, we're all mad. Uh, is this get us canceled about a group of people throwing Jewish people in an oven? And it's like compared to what a lot of people in the Philippines and yes. Euro Asia Pacific. Japanese were insane. We, we don't need to diminish the Holocaust to say that the Japanese were extremely brutal. Like the rape of Nanjing, I read in a college yes. class in 1999. Um, so what, what I think would be fun is announce that at some point here, in the, we might do a few interviews or we might get straight to it, but we're reading. Mike has already read it. I'm working my way through it. And I think Jordan is working his way through yep. it. And we're going to do a podcast about the book. So those of you listening, if you want to read the book so that you understand what we're talking about when we actually get to the book podcast, and I think we're going to do a lot more. We're definitely going to, I mean, I'm not going to stop reading. And I think Mike's going to get, I love that Mike sent me like a reading list of all his favorite books. And uh, that's just the beginning. Boys. Dude, I, I can't wait. That's like, entry level. I, I love to read. <laughs> and I love that you sent me your favorite books because I put them all on my list. And I have a it's I literally have a three foot stack of books sitting next to my bed. That's like that's the cue. And I just work through them as I go. Yeah. Um, so uh, I'm, I'm actually listening to it on Audible. And oh, is, I, I thought is. you found the coloring book version. No, they like they, par they, parents, they, Steve bears do. They were sold out. <laughs> oh, okay. they were sold out. I had it, and you know they were killing a bunch of Japs. Like, Holy <laughs> shit! <laughs> I ran out of red. My red crayons <laughs> are gone. <laughs> yeah. Um, but no, the the audible version is amazing. Is it? Really? Oh, yeah, it's yeah, pretty yeah. good. So I, I mean, okay. if anybody else didn't you say Tom Hanks know. makes it? Yeah, Tom Hanks. Oh, yeah. Tom Hanks. <laughs> he, he's he's the voice. Like he reads it in the very beginning. He's, uh, I think it's the kid from Jurassic Park because he played him in the Pacific series. He played uh, Eugene Sledge. Oh, it's, it's the guy who played the the, the very kid in the first Jurassic Park. He's got his sister and the kid. I don't remember. I, I remember the series. I can see his face from the series, but I don't. It's been so long yeah. since I watched. So Jurassic he's the Park. kid from Jurassic Park. Oh shit! Yeah, okay. and I think he narrates it. Okay, cool. But yeah, I mean. It's a great book. Right. Well, everybody uh, read the book, and we're going to be talking about it real soon on yep. the podcast. And, Mike, did you have something else you want to say before we close it out? No. I think, oh, you yeah. pointed at me and said you go first, and I went first. Uh, I think I was going about where we started with the book kind of thing, and that oh, we want to talk about each other's favorite books yeah. or, like, what we like and stuff like that. But I think, yeah, just if we can have – if we say what we're doing and other people follow along – how That's about awesome. Fan yeah. questions. And you know what? My my all-time favorite book about military history is War on the Run, and it's literally Major Robert Rogers' personal diary, and he is the godfather of American special operations and the things they did fighting the French in northern New York and I believe Ottawa and Ontario Dude. in the late or maybe mid-1700s during... Is that the, the Indian-American Wars? Uh, the French, the French, French Indian, Indian American Wars. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it is some harrowing shit. And what they pulled off is incredible without a lot of technology. And uh, I'm, I'm going to insist that after we're done with, with the old breed, we read War on the Run. That is a weird period in time. Like uh, Everyone thinks about like uh, Europeans came to America and it was like our group of the Mayflower and stuff. It's like... 
No, man, it was fur trappers, it was Spanish, it was French, it was like everyone just blitzkrieg this area to be like, we want it. And you would see allies like French and Indians teamed up perfectly. The the Iroquois and the Algonquins teaming teaming with different European nations and fighting battle, like fascinating stuff. Yeah. And yeah. So these, I mean, these guys were living through like a mini ice age coating themselves in bear grease to stay warm. Yeah. Yeah. Primitive snowshoes that they handcrafted to go raid French forts hundreds of miles away in the dead of winter. And like, you know, like breaking through ice with handmade canoes. And dude, it's just it's like, you think you're tough. You got nothing. You got nothing on these guys. That's so. one of my biggest things about reading that I love so much is like, man, you want to feel bad for yourself? Read a book about <laughs> the past. It's like, yeah. Yeah. yeah, anything. Humans are fucking tough. Tough as shit. And we got it so easy. So it yeah. makes me, that's why I always have an optimistic view and I'm always pumped. It's like, life's great. It's like, yeah, <laughs> yeah life's know, right? great, yeah. man. We'll go take a hot shower. <laughs> yeah. And, uh, drink a gelada. Yeah. yeah. I think my book will be um, Holes. Uh, <laughs> the Disney it's, film. It's, uh, <laughs> It's about imprisonment. And, now, uh, can you get this at an 18 and older play. store? Holes. holes. Tell us yeah, more about yeah, holes. Say, now, now you Which holes? It, <laughs> yeah. this is, it's, the front, it's the front hole. Is this a Dr. Uh, Seuss? Yeah. One hole, two hole, red no, hole, uh, blue <laughs> hole. <laughs> no, there's, there's a book I really like, uh, The Obstacle is the Way um, by Ryan Holiday. And that, that book, it's uh, like... A good intro into like the Stoics and Marcus Aurelius and all that. Kind all of right, stuff. Marcus it's Aurelius is amazing. It, you read like, it today, and it sounds like someone wrote it six days ago. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It, well, it's it's a real problem, and here's a real way to solve it. You yeah, know? like just how how all they everything they did. But I'm a big fan of that, and that was. Uh, Do I you know how they made that book? No. Lamentations by Marcus Aurelius or Meditations Meditations. by Marcus Aurelius. So apparently he had that as a journal. And when he died, they found his journal. And that was just his own thing that he wrote in at night. Would write to himself. Yeah. And then they ended up publishing it. I think that's War on the Run is it's Robert Rogers journal. His memoirs and stuff. Just what he wrote down. Just his journal. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, so there you go, guys. You got your first three uh, books on our reading list, and we'll be talking about all of them, it sounds like. I'm going to start journaling so when I get killed, yeah, people yeah. will be, be like, like, Kozak. 400, 400 <laughs> years from now, this will be, yeah. people will be like, this was, this was just Kozak's journal. Yeah. Masturbated, <laughs> slept. <laughs> Taquitos were oh, wait, good on, today. Yeah. <laughs> Cheetos, yeah. masturbated, cried, slept. In that order. <laughs> <laughs> Forgot Chilada. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh shit. All right. You All right, guys, guys uh well, hey, we uh we appreciate it, I guess, huh? Yeah, thanks for listening. I'll say uh, our fourteen fans, you guys make us. Yeah. Thank our you. Our eleven fans and our moms. Is it our eleven? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Our eleven yeah. fans and our moms. And for you eleven, you can find and the me. one who accidentally downloaded it. Yeah, yeah, that's right. (laughs) (laughs) Don't delete it yet. We want that download. Uh, This is a weird history podcast. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, shit. All right. You can find me at trainingnorthwestllc.com. We've got our full class schedule up for firearms training in the Northwest. And most exciting is our August rifleman camp, which will be a three-day camp, which is going to cover not... It's not just shooting, but we're going to cover some land navigation, some basic patrolling, first aid, uh, night defensive positions. The idea is to give you guys 
real fat. We're going to feed you with a fire hose, man. And we're going to give you some, a lot of basic infantry skill level stuff to go home and ponder and hopefully pass that knowledge to your friends and family. And we're on Instagram at training Northwest. And I think Mike will tell you that you can find him at electric North. Is that correct? Yep. Find me at electric North, uh, like our podcast, subscribe to our podcast, tell your friends. If you have a group of friends that you enjoy just having quality time, tell them, Hey, here's something that you can put in your little earbuds that you think will give you something to look forward to something interesting and you want to tell other people. So continue spreading the good word about enlightened Neanderthals. And uh, Jordan, are you starting a training program? Is that legit? Are you training? Are you in training for, uh, we, I know we've talked about it privately. <laughs> that blank I, I, stare yeah, said I know, it all. I, know, I, know. <laughs> I, I want to make it public. So your back's against the wall and you got to go hard. Oh yeah. Yeah. Getting ready for worlds. So Jordan's training for worlds. He took uh, third down there last year. So Ooh. now, now he's, now he's getting serious and now it's public, which means he has to get real serious. Yeah, son of a bitch. Yeah. Read a book y'all.